everybody, and welcome to another edition of Nay Wrestling. We are your hosts, Mark Sylvester. Along with me always is Richie Filmer. Hey, how's everyone doing? And Mark, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks, my man. Really good. Uh, it's we're still it's still COVID nineteen. It's still all that sort of stuff. But yeah, doing all mm. right. Been on a nice long walk today. Do my daily exercise in the nice sunshine, and then yeah, we're doing some jobs. What WrestleMania night one and two? So yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah, same here. I've uh, I've actually collected myself some weights now, so I can do some weight training at home. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've got seriously a hell of a lot of weights as well, so I've got enough to keep me going. Um, be going out for my walks and staying indoors, watching wrestling and playing Dungeons and Dragons online. So uh, <laughs> nice one. I've been, I've been kicking it right up. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm nearly finished Doom, so I'm going back and doing all that. Like, this is 2016 Doom, but I'm going back and like going through and beating all the challenges and stuff because I want to do. I'm, I'm not going to platinum the game because one of the things you have to do is you have to beat a level in like pure nightmare mode, and I'm like, nah, fuck that. I'm no. probably gonna, and then which one of those things it starts you back at the beginning, so you hit, if you die and it's a checkpoint normally, it's like night right back to beginning of the game again because it's that's that's really hard. So yeah, back to the beginning what the whole game. Yep. To literally so, save everything, that's how hard. Same with the newest Wolfenstein game. If you play on the hardest difficulty, I think it's like Ultra Nightmare. As soon as you die once, that's you right beginning back back to the game again. So you might be in the game for like 15, 20 hours. One shot could have killed you. That normally wouldn't have killed you. It's like, shit. Yeah. Especially against some of those bosses. I'm like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> I ain't playing through that. So, yeah. yeah, man. But it's nah. good fun, though. Yeah, I'm no good at Doom. It was too fast for me. I like my um, I like my sort of Dungeons and Dragons online, Neverwinter yeah. and Elder Scrolls, because for me, I can just sit there and go and run around a forest and kill some zombies, level up and get a new bit of armor. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. I love my multi, what are they called um, MMO RPGs, massive online role play games. They're they're my cup of tea. That and um, WWE 19, I'm playing a lot of, and I play Fire Pro Wrestling a lot, and I've Got my N64 emulator working sweet now. And oh, nice I one. played a bit of No Mercy last night, but I also downloaded Virtual Pro Wrestling 2. Okay. If you let me know what it's like, because I've heard it from a lot of people like AJ Styles stuff say it's the best one, even better than No Mercy. I still yeah. have a, I, I love No Mercy, but I have a little bit of a sweet spot as well to Revenge. I love that game too. Like yeah. that game was I great. love Revenge, but Revenge won't work on the um Project 64 emulator. Okay. Screen rate. Um you can hear it, but you can't play it. But No Mercy works a treat, and so does WrestleMania 2000. That's good. Are you going to add like all the mods and stuff that people have done for No Mercy as well? Yeah, no, they're just um, they're just classes of different ROM. So I'm going to download yeah. some different ROMs for it. Um, there's a there's a... I must, I like the one thing I do like about 2000 over No Mercy is the fact you've got full entrances on it. Yeah. No Mercy. Why did they do that? Why did they take out the full entrance? Um guessing they were limited on memory and because they wanted to include more stuff to it i guess that's probably why because you got with no mercy you got all the um different like because you know and you know in other games you got where well, you can have scenario one two and three in wwf wrestlemania was just literally all just one scenario where in no mercy in the storyline depending on what happens you would go to this scenario or that scenario so i'm guessing it's all to do with memory okay but that's that's only if i can think of why it would have happened yeah i mean but, to be fair like to play just as a casual game they're both as good as each other. Oh, yeah. But completely. virtual pro wrestling, I've either match. I literally just kept... Pre- you can find um, translation sheets on YouTube and Google, and it'll say menu one, this is what it means. Menu two, this is what it means. So I had a one-on-one match, and I was Vader 
and I wrestled mm. Stan Hansen at the Tokyo Dome. Oh, nice. And it's brilliant because, like, Stan Hansen put me in a vertical stalling suplex. And as he was holding me, the camera comes underneath the wrestlers and kind of looks up at the sky and spins slowly. Um, and before the matches start, you actually see the wrestlers in the locker room waiting to go out. So you have that and each wrestler comes out. So the ones in the locker room with the manager and you come out with your manager following behind, just like New Japan. And before the match, you've got like the um, introductions as well. So it's like watching New Japan. All you hear is like, we are. <laughs> and then it goes to the next and the crowd got mental and then it goes then it goes to the announcers and then he see like the referee like the figure of the referee come up in the bottom right a bit like WCW and then he just goes on in there and he goes thinking and the match starts it's fantastic oh god yes, the I think the Mercy Miss was the amazing referee I loved it in um Revenge in 2000 with the one, two, three. That's the one thing I've missed as well, No Mercy, was that awesome yeah. referee. It's like one, two, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Oh, I, I mean, love it. You like um, ROMs and like mods and stuff. There's a really good thing you can get on the SNES where you can do a, a randomizer for A Link to the Past and Super Metroid. And there's even one where it actually incorporates the two together. So if you go from one bit of the map in Zelda, it takes you to Super Metroid. And then vice versa, a bit of the map of Super Metroid takes you into Zelda. And oh, it's good. I've seen like uh, plays of it and it's so much fun. Because you, you can literally get the most powerful weapons right at the beginning or give you really shit stuff and it takes you ages to even get a good weapon. Or, right. or I said in the former, you get the best weapon and you literally can beat the game like that. It is, yeah, the randomizer stuff is great. I'll check that out. Have you seen um, Mortal Kombat New Era? No, not yet, no. Is it good? That Basically, what they've done is they've got every single Mortal Kombat ever made, like Armageddon, all the way to MK1, all the way to MK11. And they've like put they've made it on like the Mortal Kombat 3 engine, mm-hmm. but you've got like guys with Mortal Kombat 4, so they look like N64 fighters <laughs> on the Mortal Kombat 3. So you've got like Mark 1, school, MK1, Scorpion, mm-hmm. 2, 3, Ultimate Scorpion, Armageddon Scorpion, X Scorpion, 11 Scorpion. You've got like eight different versions of Scorpion, mm-hmm. and then the same again for Sub Zero. And then you've got like Oh, God, it is crazy. Like, you've got, like, uh, ninjas called... Um, you've got Rain, obviously, who's a normal fighter. There's another one called Splash. I don't think I've heard of Splash before. No, there's I mean, a guy... Um, that, that's been... The, that whole kind of thing is how they go to Sonic Mania, st- uh, Mania started. Like, they originally uh, made, like, ROM hacks, and then Sega loved them so much. They're like, do you want you to make your own game? And it's like, yeah, sure thing. And then he made like rom hacks and really good versions of sonic one and two which you can get on the phones and stuff and then made sonic mania it's crazy just how these different mm. rom stuff like someone's made a wcw nitro like rom hack of no mercy which looks amazing Absolutely. yeah yeah and it's literally like uh it looks so good okay no mercy 64 uh wcw rom hack and i think it's like thunder or Nitro and it looks just like oh my god it looks so good five best n64 mods this is through reddit oh man these are brilliant these are absolutely brilliant yeah yeah there's links to the roms and stuff like yeah they're, they're literally just like a rom a normal yeah. rom that you play but they've just got different rosters and stuff well i know what i'm doing after the podcast 
Yeah, man, you got a, a classic WWF one, new new generation WWF, um, reality era WWE, New Japan, literally anyone you can think of, people have done ROM hacks for it. WCW, fill the bang, version one hack. That, that's the one, fill the bang. That looks good. Yeah, yeah. Like he's done that all from scratch as well. Like someone also as well, Streets of Rage has done like a Streets of Rage like remake remaster kind of thing where it's like all of the one two and three all together you can make different characters and stuff it's just so cool someone yeah, else yeah. Has a really good ninja turtles game where it's like has a lot of the things from the original nes game and then a bit of the arcade game when you beat levels you can then unlock the characters as, as well it's really good at what people have done it's amazing oh, yeah. how what was that called i saw that um you can download it for free can't you it's an actual game yeah. it's called like the manhattan no, i can't remember what it's called now but it yeah it was so I remember playing it before and it was so much fun because it was literally the world map is like the world map of the original Turtles game on the NES and it's like yeah. the music as well which and then you go to different levels and there's levels from um one two three in time the original arcade game Hyperstone Heist Torment Fighters the newer stuff as well so you've got characters as well from that and when you unlock the characters the back of them looks like what the back of the toys would be and it's just like oh my god it's so good that's awesome yeah. I, I tried downloading it my um my laptop didn't really like it. What was it? Portal Power? I think so, yeah. I can't, remember, I can't remember what it's called. I'll have to send you the link after, after the podcast. Because, you, you know, you know another game, uh, it's one of those things. In the newest Doom game, you can actually play the original Doom game. So it's like... <laughs> so it's like... Because, you know, everyone's like, can this game play Crisis? It's like, no. Can this device play Doom? Because you, you can even get Doom playing on a calculator. People are that clever and that... Yeah, have to do that. It's amazing just how. I mean, Doom's been around since MS DOS. Yeah, I mean it's been it's like probably not one of the first games kind of ever made. Like um, on the PlayStation Network, you can download Doom sixty four. Yes, I've got that game actually. It's quite good fun. What's the difference between Doom and Doom sixty four? Uh, Doom sixty four was made by Midway and it was only made for the N sixty four, and it was right. all kind of like claymation stuff. But Doom one is the original Doom that came out back in ninety three. Yeah. Yeah. Which was like, yeah, and the music as well was really good. You like the music, it's very based off heavy heavy metal. Like the first one is which sounds a lot like um Metallica's can't I don't want to get this wrong. One sec. Um Master Puppets up yeah, sounds like Master Puppets. Master of Puppets, yeah. Yeah. And it's cool to see like the new game and stuff because there was a really funny thing, even more for tangent. Uh, <laughs> uh, basically, because you know Animal Crossing was coming out the same time as the new Doom game. Yeah. You've seen this, haven't you? Literally, the Doom fandom and the Animal Crossing fandom have joined forces, and they've been right. doing all these different vi- uh, images and fan art and videos and stuff of literally um, Doom guy with Isabel, who's the dog character from Animal Crossing, fighting demons with each other. Brilliant. It is. It's so. It's great. I love it. <laughs> And vice versa, or you have the Doom guy, like, um, or Doom Slayer, as he's known in the new games, like fishing and stuff in the Animal Crossing world, and it's just hilarious how it really works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, like, Isabel, like, thumbing up when they're in hell, and it's like, look at each other, like, yeah, and you just see them, it's it's brilliant. I've just, I'll, I'll have to send you a, a link of it, it's it's hilarious. It's, it's Definitely correct. send me some links, man. Yeah, I will do, because I'm really hoping they, they announce him for Smash Brothers, because we're waiting on another six characters now for Smash. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you unlocked all the characters on your uh, Smash Bros yet? Yeah, yeah, got them all. And I bought as well the last DLC. And the last DLC, you got Joker from Persona 5. You got Banjo-Kazooie, 
Terry from King of Fighters and some character from Fire Emblem who I don't know, but I thought the fact that Banjo Kazoo was in the game was cool because you know it's Banjo and Banjo's awesome. Yeah. And there's actually a wrestling character in it as well. Uh, one of the Pokemon is literally like a um, I think he was from Sun and Moon, and he literally he has like a fire wrestling belt, and he looks like the tiger from um, New Japan. It's like a tiger mask. Uh, no, oh, the, the, actual tiger, the actual tiger. T- uh, the actual tiger. Yeah, yeah, the uh, fire, the um, yeah, New Japan, the King of Sports logo. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Uh, he's the final evolution of the, of the fire starter, I believe, from Sun and Moon. But I can't quote me on that entirely. Right. And he looks really cool. Because his, his whole move is literally, he slings them into light and he got these ropes up here and he slings them in, does German suplexes. He is pretty much just a wrestling character. It's awesome. I should put a couple of wrestling characters in um, Smash Bros, like Undertaker or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. But the only thing in Smash Bros is only video game characters. Maybe characters who have invented for a video game might count who are wrestlers. Maybe uh, uh, Mike Hagar, he'll be a good one to be in Smash because he's a wrestler. Yeah. He's yeah. basically a wrestler. Yeah. Or, or, exactly. or, or someone, yeah. Uh, what was that? Final Fight, wasn't it? Yeah, Final Fight and then Saturday Night Slam. Saturday Night Slam. God, yeah. what a lovely... Yeah, did that you... Was Capcom, um... the wrestling kind of uh, 2D fighter, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I played it. I downloaded the ROM for that. It was uh, it was only a five-minute wonder. I still like playing um, Royal Rumble, even though Raw was a lot better on the SNES. Mm. Royal Rumble. I've always liked Royal Rumble. Did you ever play WrestleFest? I loved WrestleFest as a kid. WrestleFest, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah I like that. I like that. I never but my favourite ever... mm. ever soundtrack to a SNES um, wrestling game is Super WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. With yeah. Hogan just standing there with his shirt ripped. It's, just, it's like basically like um, Saturday Night Main event set behind him. And it just says Super WrestleMania over the top of it. And it's every wrestler. There's no difference. They're all exactly the same. Just a different yes. colour palette. But and all the same moves right. as well. And then they invent, I think it was Raw. They put in the special moves, didn't they, finally? Or Royal Rumble. Yeah, they bought, um, it went Mania, Royal Rumble, and then Raw. I think it was, and there was slight variations because the yeah. Sega Genesis had Hogan, and I think the SNES had who was their exclusive? But basically, that's what they used to do. They used to have different yeah. exclusive characters for whatever console you had. Um, I'm trying to think what the, who the exclusive one was for the SNES. Was it Mr. Perfect? Because I can't remember. It might have been. Was it Mr. Perfect or Randy Savage or someone really weird that you wouldn't think it would have been a? Yeah, I think it was. It was right yeah, because it was right around when Hogan left, and then Raw came out, and then you had the arcade game at Midway made of WrestleMania. That was great fun. That was good, yeah, I've got that. That's actually on the SNES as well. Yeah, it is, yeah, and the PlayStation as well. Yeah, it's better on the PS1, but yeah, it was on the SNES. You only had, um, on the PS1, you got Yokozuna and uh, someone else. It might have been Bam Bam Bigger, though, who you didn't get on the SNES. The SNES, you only got six. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know far too much about 90s SNES wrestling games it's a bit worrying and then you had um in your house on the ps1 and then you had all the other games which then have become nowadays never played, that. Never played in your house uh I've, it basically it's a lot like wf uh, wrestlemania pretty much like that but with more of an updated character roster uh okay. that time so you had ultimate warrior and stuff but yeah it wasn't as fun as the arcade because at the time the arcade was the be all and end all so yeah I miss yeah. the arcades, man. I miss going to the arcade and seeing like Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat, WrestleFest, mm-hmm. The Simpsons Arcade, Ninja Turtles Arcade. Like, you know. You don't get them now, do you? 
No, not at all. The only place you really get them is small places that aren't that great or Japan, really. I mean, Japan's still, their uh, arcades are still, obviously at the moment they're, they're not because of the corona, but, mm. you know, they're always popular and stuff from what I've seen and everything, so yeah. Oh, but so you can go there and play like the latest Tekken and the arcades yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, because that's where Street Fighter 4 was originally released at the arcades back in 2009. They re- originally re- released that as well, so yeah. Oh, I, I, I just love those wrestling cats as well in Street Fighter. Mm. You know, there's some great ones. Like Alex Zangief mm-hmm. was really cool. Um, yeah, that, the, the cook who was pretty much like Rey Mysterio. Then you also had in Virtual Fighter the same kind of thing, like Rey Mysterio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Tekken, obviously, you got King and Armor King and Maglif. Mag, Mag, what's his name? I don't really use him. Uh, is it Maglif? I think so. I can't remember. I haven't played Tekken for a while now. Yeah, see, I love Tekken. Um, but Murdoch. That's it, Murdoch. Yeah, who yeah. Uh, uh, killed Armor King, but then became friends with King. Yeah, he killed Armor King backstage at uh, an event yeah um, and then then's now now there's also a second armor king which is really weird but i'm like okay quite funny that story is very close to the um ah oh, bruiser brody thing about you know kills him backstage at an event but never really got caught um did you watch the bruiser brody on uh, dark side of the ring uh yeah i did but uh, i haven't seen it for a while so i can't really remember it to be honest i know yeah, what, um did you watch the new jack one that that one was pretty interesting no, I've not yet. I've just I've finished the Benoit thing. My missus actually watched that. She knew nothing about it. Um, so it's quite funny, actually. We're well, not funny. It was quite interesting to see someone's perspective who didn't know Benoit before or after. Oh, okay. Yeah, she hated him. She thought he was an absolute dick. But then she actually said, like, she actually said Benoit wasn't in the right place when it happened. It sounded like he had mental health issues and he banged his head a few times. And yeah, he got it, the fact that Eddie was the one who was keeping him grounded. And when Eddie died, it seems like he just went completely off the rails and then wanted to be with Eddie, but have his family with him. Yeah. Which she said is a mental health problem. And obviously his brain was of a 70-year-old with Alzheimer. So getting her perspective, obviously I've always going to have a soft spot for Benoit because I loved his work as a professional. But Yeah, I'm the same as you, Richie. I loved him when I was a kid. I was so happy when he won at WrestleMania 20 and stuff. I wanted to get one of his T-shirts and stuff. Yeah, it's mad. Oh, I loved him. But Sam was just like, well... You know, she said what happened happened, but it doesn't sound like he was in the right frame of mind. So I thought, oh, okay, that's pretty. In- For someone who's not a fan and has never even heard of him, mm. it was quite interesting her reactions to watching it. You know? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, but well, yeah, got- I love them. Yeah, because you had new uh, new Jack, and then this week you've got the brawl for all. Oh, yeah, the building it's like a Vince Vince Russo Jim Cornette thing. So I yeah. swear to God, you're gonna love it, Vince. They're gonna fight for real. It's gonna be a fucking shoot, and the winner's gonna be. It's gonna be me. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna love it, Vince. I swear to God. <sighs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's my Vince Russo, by the way, people. I liked it, man. It was very good, Vince Russo. Swear to God, Vince. <laughs> Yeah. 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 He's going to give birth to a hand, Vince. It's going to get over. I'm telling you, it's going to be over. Can you believe that hand is now going to be 21 years old this year? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, crazy. What was it? The Raw Anniversary? They actually like had a giant hand there. And he yes. Grew up. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Yeah. The chubby chubby of my pee pee as well with Val Venus. Oh, I remember that. The, um, yeah, kind side thing. Yeah. yeah. 
and the old gimmicks yeah. roll like mantle and all this other crap and it's just like oh, oh. my god <laughs> i love wrestling back in the 90s that's why i love the attitude era podcast i think they're absolutely brilliant at what they do oh yeah have you listened to any more osw review because their most recent uh, one they did was um king of the ring 94 of art donovan <laughs> no <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's it's so funny how about oh, this guy away Oh, is he a wrestler? Like, is he dead? <laughs> you know, that's unfair. He's tried twice the way. It is, it's so funny. They actually do a super cut for that he says, and it's just like, and you can hear Randy and Gorilla go like, just fuck off, like, just, you know. Oh, man, that was brilliant. I know we're going to get to it on the body of the show. Yeah. But that's good shit. That's that shit, yeah. That line. And, like, who the fuck cleared that? Because I don't think Vince cleared that. No. But it, it was perfect. It was it made... Was, Apparently, um, I'll say it now, but we'll talk about it more when we when we get to it. Apparently, that was done by Bray Wyatt, Bruce Pritchard, and John Cena had were the three main people behind that. You could tell. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you could tell that was yeah fantastic. And the backyard one was done by Jimmy Borash, AJ Styles, and The Undertaker were the three main people behind that as well. CC. So yeah, so you can yeah see- I saw a photograph then. Like working, like someone took a photograph of them, not like talking, obviously on set. Yeah. Um, it that was that was quite well done as well. Yeah, I loved that. I thought it was great. I read. I mean, I mean it's um, going to add at least another five or ten years to the Undertaker. Does doesn't have to do any real wrestling, and you know, and it also shows that when it isn't done with Vince behind everything, it's actually really good. Yeah, and also Triple H was also the main producer for that. Yeah. Apparently. So I read from. Um, it was a dirt sheet. Triple H, they didn't have no dialogue. And he said, just talk, but talk a lot. But yeah. go where you want to go with it. And apparently that whole thing was improv. Yeah, and it worked so well because if they wasn't talking, it would be weird because, you know, yeah, like, yeah. But we'll talk more about it when we get to it. So, yeah. yeah. So what we're going to talk about then, guys, is WrestleMania. <laughs> night one and night two. WrestleMania 36. And now, Snickers proudly presents WrestleMania. You know, well, 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 you, you, you got to do the proper throat burner there, Richie, when it comes to Vince. I loved his old throat burners from Wrestle. I was watching the WrestleMania, like, to get the bit to kind of say what, what WrestleMania we're talking about and our favourite for the old other podcast I did trying to find a particular one and listening back to Vince and hearing going WrestleMania you can see him just getting more throat burning really it's brilliant WrestleMania 8 is the best one we're <laughs> it's type of WrestleMania 8 intro you hear him just go like oh, WrestleMania 6 as well it's, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. it's WrestleMania you know that's quite a good impression I, the only one I remember really because I've never looked into the uh, intros was him just doing number one. Now, welcome to WrestleMania, and it was all very um, yes, very like um, you know, like top top boxing promotion style. You know, I'll uh, I'll watch. I'll, I'll, you should definitely do a top five. Do a top five intros to WrestleMania. That'd be quite good for the listeners, I think. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, yeah I'll be down be for that. Good. I would, I'd like to see your top five. Uh, Vince McMahon throat burners that'd be quite good yeah yeah, really good oh, and I could do them as well like let's just do the whole thing with the music and like do my Vince McMahon impression you know Cause that's... yeah I reckon do the top five yeah and then after that you reenact the top five so you do your top five 
like just Vince and then say, OK, now this is me trying to copy the top five. At number five, play the Vince one, do your version. Then number four, yes. Vince is good. I would like to hear that. I think is your throat's going to get worse and worse by the time you get to number one. Yeah. So by the time you get to number one, it's going to be very close to Vince's. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear that. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Do it. I also love as well WrestleMania night. Caesar's Palace. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like, you know that like you can get the, um, you can apply for like, you can ring up um, a certain telephone number and you pay for like Ric Flair to wish you happy birthday. Yes. I would, I, I would like a company to do something with Vince where you can just get him to say what you want. Oh my God. And then he has to do the big man voice as well from, yeah. you know, like, has to do the I'm wishing happy Easter to your nan. Yes. You know, happy Easter, nanny. Like, yeah. Yes. That yeah. means I'll pay for that shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's good shit. <laughs> it's good shit. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, I, I don't know why. I don't know why I've not got that as my notification. I know. So. I, I'm really, I'm, I'm really tempted one day as well. You know how uh, Alan Sugar goes, you're fired. I'm really, I'm really tempted to do that. You're fired. And like, do it to the apprentice. That'd be so I'm fun. surprised Vince McMahon hasn't put a lawsuit in against the BBC yet. Or, um, or Donald Trump, because he used to say it, it as well. Yeah, because big... yeah, when he did the apprentice uh, for the USA one, that was, that was one of the reasons for the feud, wasn't it? Kind of. Because Vince mm. was back to use you're fired, but... Mm. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised he hasn't either, actually. You would no. have thought... Because uh, that's the reason why I knew of that term, because of Vince. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, it is, actually. I didn't know who Donald Trump was until WrestleMania. Nah, because I remember they did four and five at the Trump Plaza back in 88 and 89, so... Ah, OK, I didn't know that either. Yeah, that's that's the only other time they've done the same place twice in a row, because they always do it in different places, and then two was in WrestleMania that they did it at three different places as well. Because yeah. two was New York, Chicago, and LA. Right. So I'm guessing when the matches didn't happen, they had a screen they can watch the other matches. But that must have been really weird to go to an event and not have the whole three-hour event. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's a bit like if they make it like a party atmosphere, like they did with like like um like WWF New York. So you'd go yeah. there, and once your show bit had finished, it was all on big screens, and you can guarantee to see it really well. And they just started giving you really cheap beer and like buffalo wings and and nachos you'd probably have a really good night because it's a bit like when we go yeah. to like pro like after like halfway through the show like i don't smoke now when i used to smoke we used to go out there and chat with the guys and you're surrounded by like like-minded people and it's such a good mm. laugh oh yeah definitely um, great i'm laugh. sure wrestlemania party would be pretty cool but um but no the, the, the only thing about wrestlemania parties is when it's quite late and you want to go to sleep that's the worst feeling in the world that's why i was so happy uh with these two nights they're only three hours long and the second night was maybe three and a half but at least that way it wasn't so bad rather than being seven hours yeah think? i mean i must admit like i got up quite early anyway naturally because i was excited to watch mania but i didn't watch it live with you because i was absolutely knackered so sam was still in bed and i got up about six o'clock and i thought oh no i gotta do go put the kettle on add a coffee i thought i might as well watch wrestlemania and it was actually quite nice because there was a lot of stuff i flicked through like mm. the um oh, i don't know like the match would finish and i couldn't really be bothered to watch the promo package before the match and like if you go to the next match you skip all the adverts and stuff all the sponsors i think i rattled through it in about two hours mm, that's really uh, good man yeah no, it's quite good. Maybe a bit longer than two hours because I watched each match all the way through. But I was just able to skip the bump. Um, I prefer it like this, to be fair. But when it's proper WrestleMania, like to me, this WrestleMania was like... Um, I'll tell you what, we'll talk about how we feel about this year's WrestleMania after the match cards, I think. We're, yeah, you know, 
it's, it was obviously very unique because of coronavirus and COVID. Yeah. It was it was shot at the performance center. So yeah, I think after we've spoke about the match cards, maybe give an overall feeling of how we felt this year's mania, how it felt because it yeah. was a very 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 unique mania. Yeah, definitely very very unique. Um, the first match was the women's title match between the Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Mm. So yeah, yeah I, I thought I thought the match was all right. I love Asuka. I think she's amazing. Yeah. Curry Zane, I really like. Yeah, uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, they're all right for me, but I just love Asuka. I think she's amazing. Like everything, yeah. everything she does. And I think by having the uh, no fans and having to show more of her personality, I think she's literally maybe hopefully to Vince being like, actually, this person's an asset. And hopefully she'll be seen as how she was in NXT. Hopefully, yeah. because she's been literally used on commentary throughout the Raws. She's been on SmackDown more. Um, she's been literally just one of the MVPs because yeah. of... Yeah, you know, I think she's great. Yeah, I think she's, you know, she they dropped the titles, but hopefully that's a good thing. Because yeah. if they drop the titles, maybe they can give her a strong singles run. Because um, I've heard Kari Zane apparently his contract's running out soon. and might be going back to Japan, maybe. I'm not sure. That or AEW, because they've got so many stardom females yeah. over in AEW. Um, you know, I think Asuka is quite underutilised with WWE at the moment. I think they dropped the ball with her. Um, now they've given her a singles run and she performed like she did with no crowd. Hopefully management like Vince will look at her and go, okay, let's give her a push. Yeah, definitely. Um, singles push. She definitely deserves it. I mean, she was so hot in NXT. She was the hottest thing there. Yeah, because Paul Levesque, Triple H, wasn't even going to bring her up unless he had something for her. And he's such a big advocate of her. I think he's now like, actually, Vince, you can see why I loved her so much. You can see why I pushed her and beat her up so much. And hopefully now he'll see that. It must be so frustrating for Triple H because he gets such a good talent pool with NXT. And he needs to keep the talent there for the time being because AEW is smashing them in the ratings. It must be frustrating because... He builds his talent and he builds it slowly, he builds it properly, and he gives them a good character, good storylines. Um, they can kind of wrestle their style. Mm-hmm. Um, not so WWE soft as the Raw and SmackDown rosters. NXT is a bit more gritty, a little bit more indie. And I think when you look at the demographic of like diehard wrestling fans, they're always, in my opinion, us, like the Attitude Era fans that was brought in yeah. in the Attitude Era. So we kind of, we respect a good workhorse. Mm-hmm. We're more interested, I think, in people that have got the ability to go rather than people like, for me, Braun Strowman and like Lesnar and Goldberg. And to me, they're not really wrestlers. They're just kind of like, um, well, they are wrestlers, but they're more of an attractions. I'd rather watch a match between someone like Oscar and, you know, like Becky Lynch rather than I'd watch that match over Goldberg versus Lesnar. Mm-hmm. For me, that is more of a professional wrestling match. And NXT are really good at producing that. And I think as soon as they go out to the, the, the main roster, and I say that with bunny ears, I think they just get a little bit lost in the pool because they're not attractions. Oh, yeah, they, they do. They I mean, look, yeah. how, look how much more better Finn Balor's become since he's gone back to NXT. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, he's completely transformed, complete heel. But I'm going to talk more about that sort of thing when it comes to the Firefight Funhouse match, which... Um, is one of the reasons why I think he lost against Goldberg, but then everything else as well. But I'll, t- I'll talk to him about it in a bit. Cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. The next match was Elias versus King Corbin. This match was shit. 
I did, I didn't like this match. Boring. Found it to be too long. And mm. I'm not a fan of either wrestler. Like, I think no. Elias is better uh, as more of, like, a manager, more of just a, not a wrestler. Because as soon as he wrestles, that's his lotter completely gone for me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? Uh, Baron Corbin, I think he's a bloody good worker. I'm just bored to the back teeth of his gimmick. Um, he's a good heel. I mean, he, he definitely gets the right kind of heat. It's not go away yeah. heat. I think it generates good heat. Um, <sighs> Baron Corbin, to be honest, I think if you put Baron Corbin back down to NXT, I reckon he would be great. I reckon they would, I think Triple H would have a good storyline for him. I think he'd, he'd done so much this year with, um, or last year, say, with Roman Reigns. And I think that became boring. And I think, obviously, that elevated... Um, Roman Reigns with the whole cancer thing and he'd done a lot and that, they, they was quite good with Reigns. They kind of gave him quite a lot of time off. They they showed him doing a lot with the kids like mm. the making with foundations and he come back and they didn't just chuck him straight in the main event. They kind of built him, built him, built him and I think that was, that was such a good thing for Roman Reigns but Baron Corbin again ended up being the sacrificial lamb for this because he kept going up against Roman, losing. It was the same old, same old, same old thing. Um I liked it when Baron Corbin was kind of like um, the corporate kind of Baron Corbin, sort of like the, the, the second Seth Rollins as such. Yeah. He had a really good run then, and that kind of heat was fantastic. Comes to WrestleMania, again, he's a, another sacrificial lamb again. Um, I just think he deserves better, in my opinion. That's fair enough. And the next match we had was the Raw Women's Championship between Becky Lynch against Shayna Baszler. I, I was very surprised this match was as early as it was, considering it was very built up. Um, even though I was happy that Becky Lynch won, and I was also a bit kind of like, but I wanted Shayna to win. But I like the way that it ended, so it was more of like a fluke. So then it's one of those things that Shayna Baszler doesn't look too weak, but then it also mm. doesn't make Becky Lynch too strong. Yeah, I think it was booked well. Um, yeah. I don't think it was the best women's match of WrestleMania. No, I don't. I think for me it was my least favourite one. Yeah, same. Um, it was what it was, Mark. Um, yeah, it it needed to be on the show. I think if they would have put it at um, maybe on night two, but then you'd have been oversaturated with female wrestling and unsaturated. Well, maybe, maybe, move, maybe move the SmackDown Women's Championship to to night one, maybe. Yeah, that would have been better. I think night two, mind you, we're going on about this general thing. We do that at the end. But um, that particular match, it was what it was. Um, yeah. Yeah, quite. they booked it well at the end. But getting to the end was a bit slow. Yep. And then he had the IC Championship match between Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. This I one. Really, yeah, I like this match a lot. I love yeah. Sami Zayn as a heel. He's so good as a smarmy, horrible heel. I think it's amazing how he was the biggest baby face maybe four odd years ago, and he's become this amazing heel. Like, I think he's great. Mm. Yeah, I liked his heel work. Uh, and I think as well, yeah. sorry, but, but when he was able to wrestle Daniel Bryan, it was a really good match. Yeah, yeah. They they, they had to do a lot of um, improv before, which I thought was pretty yeah. fun. Um, obviously, there was a lot of guys surrounding the ring. You know, Drew Gulak with um, Daniel Bryan, I think it's absolutely brilliant. What a brilliant tag team. I mean, they could be the next... Um, Ah, what are they called? World's Greatest Tag Team? Nah, you know, no flips, Donny Fists. Uh, the oh, the, the, the Revival. The Revival. I reckon they could be like the new Revival when they eventually go to AEW. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think 
I think they're going AEW myself for the revival unless they've signed the contract. No, I I don't think they have. The fact they've uh, turned it down three or four times, there's no way they're going. There's no, there's no way they're staying. I think they're going to AEW. That's going to be a good draw. That, yeah. The Bucks versus the Revival. I'm really I'm really hoping it's going to be in front of a crowd because the crowd is going to go crazy. That's why I think there's a moment in night two where I think if it was in front of a crowd, I think it would have been the, one of the biggest pops of the night. But I'll go on to that when we get to it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed the match between Gulak and Daniel, uh, you know, uh, sorry, Daniel Bryan. The uh, IC match. Yeah, what did you think of it? What was your, what did you take from it? Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh like I said, I love Sami Zayn as a heel. I think he's a great heel. I love how he's become like the manager and it's kind of like he went through the two other wrestlers to then get to the manager. And I like the fact how uh, Sami Zayn won by in a sense of fluke. And I just love that adding more to his amazing like heel character, you know, because mm. like it's amazing just to see how good of a heel he is. Like um, he's one of those people that I was there at NXT London in uh, back in 2015, and he was so over the fans, so cheered and everything. Same with another character who I'm going to talk about in this from the second night, and just to see how good how good he is as a heel, it's yeah. just crazy, you know. One thing I do like about Sami Zayn is he does keep his like he he knows his character. Oh yeah, completely. And he works that character, and I think even if the producers say to him, "Do this, do that, do this," if he doesn't want to do it, Sami Zayn won't. You don't care. He's yeah. very. Um, fluid like i don't think he listens to um management too much and i think that's what makes him good if they say to him do a drop toe i'll do, do a hip toss just to piss him off you know he will wrestle mm. his style and that's the way he should do it yeah um and i thought that was quite hard hitting as well like daniel bryan's strikes were really good and stuff and when they actually were wrestling you could see that if they were given like an extra 10 minutes or so when they actually are able to wrestle properly they would have i reckon would have been a four or five star match i mean you know what you know what Sami Zayn can do? I mean, when he wrestled yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura and NXT, what a bloody match. That, that match opened my awesome. eyes. That's, yeah. That match for me may put Sami Zayn on my map. And I thought, I, I know you work through PWG and stuff, but Al Generico and it was all the bits of tongue-in-cheek. And he had a brilliant rivalry with uh, Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen, Ring of Honor. But I think for Shinsuke Nakamura, again, under Triple H's hat, what a match yes. that was. Um, yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I feel so bad for Nakamura. Like, oh God, coming out as a second, it's insane. Yeah, I know he's and same as Cesaro. Those two amazing. Oh, it's like if if Triple H ran the company, those two would be so like pushed. Like Nakamura is one of the most charismatic men in the world. I understand he doesn't speak English, but you would think Vince would love the fact that he has this charisma like no one else has. Like, give him a mouthpiece. That's what you gotta do. Yeah, that's what um, Sami Zayn was. Yeah. But even then, like, but why aren't you pushing this guy? Like, this man, when he walks into the room, you know who he is. He has that charisma. Yeah. Like, when he cut, you know, it, it's crazy, but... Look at the projection of his career, right? So, he was huge in Japan. An absolute mm-hmm. homebred wrestler, young lion, worked his way up and, you know, world champion for New Japan. AJ Styles done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously, he wasn't a young lion. He, he worked his way in the American Indies and moved into the New Japan IWGP world. You look at Sammy, you look at Shinsuke's career and you look at AJ's career in WWE, you can tell they love AJ Styles. I mean, there's no question. They made him work. You know, you've got to work with Taker this year. Yeah. I, I just think that Shinsuke, they've got to be so careful. I don't know what his contract is at the moment or how long he's got left on it. He can't be happy. But I do know he moved his family to America. Now, if you're looking to 
slow your career down and you're thinking about retiring, WWE soft style is absolutely the best place to be because you'll earn the most money and you haven't got to work half as much as you, you know, have to nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got all the health insurance, you know, there's not, not with WWE, we've got the American health insurance, but you've got like, it's just a softer style. And if you're looking to slow your career down and retire, WWE is the place to be. I think that's why AJ stayed because yeah. the amount of money he can make there, merchandise, and he doesn't wrestle every single week either. No, you know? they've cut down a lot on their house shows as well now because of our, um, just because they're not as big anymore and they make more money from the TV rights and stuff as well now. And they also make their blood money too. You know, you can't forget about the blood money. <laughs> That's where the big money is. Yeah. That is um, the big one. Yep. And the next match that we had was for the tag team titles from SmackDown between Kofi Kingston versus John Morrison versus Jimmy Uso. Now, this was a very unique match because it's the first time ever in the history, I think, professional wrestling, I think, that um, a tag team title match was competed or fought in or whatever, whatever the or whatever the bollocks word you want to say, uh, between single stars, even even though they're representing their tag teams. it's Obviously, they had to because the Miz was had ill and they had to basically say he was you know, was caught in like a backseat uh, incident and there was a big fire and he got injured from it and stuff. So yeah, that was, it was a good match, but I feel that was one of the first matches I felt the crowd was missed a lot. And I think the yeah, sound yeah. of the, the ladders as well. And then you hear Michael Cole saying certain bits as well. It's kind of like, I felt like that was when I felt the no crowd the most for me for, was, was that point, honestly. Yeah. Same with me, actually. I thought the same. It needed the crowd reaction because otherwise it just seemed a little bit, um, yeah, no, it needed the crowd. It needed the crowd, and I didn't like the fact it was a, just a triple threat for the tag championships. Just take the tag temp, just take the tag titles off. You yeah. had, you had the you had the Raw tag team titles on the show, not that show. I think that was night two, wasn't it? The Raw tag. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I I enjoyed the match, but it needed the crowd. Yeah, and I thought the ending was very unique as well. I thought I've never seen that ending before. I like that. I like that ending because I find with ladder matches nowadays, even though there's been some really good ones, there's not enough unique things you can do. But I think that ending was one of the most unique endings I've seen in a ladder match for years. Yeah. Again, yeah. it was wasted because yeah. he did the crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I think being at WrestleMania, it will still be remembered throughout the years and because you know it's a wrestlemania sort of thing where if it was like a normal raw i don't think it'll be able to remember because it's wrestlemania it's one of those things that people will remember 20 years from now because oh do you remember wrestlemania phase six yeah it was the one do you remember that moment yeah it was because you know that's what wrestlemania is like so yeah 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 and the next match was between seth rollins versus kevin owens yeah it was okay um obviously you had your high spot in the match which was actually a bloody good spot yeah Um, good spot that was very high, that dive. Um, yeah, it's a good match. You know, both good workers. Um, it's nice Kevin Owens is having a bit more of a push again. Mm. Um, someone else who I think is amazing, Kevin Owens. He's underrated. So underrated again. Completely. Um, again, super hot in NXT. Beat John Cena clean. Um, had a brilliant sort of push, you know, run out the gates. Then his career sort of went a bit downhill and it's gone uphill and downhill again. Yeah. Now it's good. I mean, obviously he's working with Seth at Mania. That's big time. Again, needed a crowd. Um, I think the only problem you get with these shows where you've got no audiences is it's quite hard. Obviously, you can't get heat. 
Yeah, you know, and, you, and you do those natural things that would normally garner a reaction, doesn't get a reaction. But I felt, um, I'll talk about it more, but I kind of felt just as, in layman's terms, I felt night two, I kind of forgot about the no crowd because I got used to it more. But I Same. still felt not having a crowd, they lost a bit of, of what WrestleMania is. But I do kind of thank them in a sense as well as AEW that they're still doing these shows for entertainment. And what I love about AEW personally, I think they do it better. Because they put the talent, because WWE is very hard to justify who's a heel and who's a baby. Yeah. With AEW, there's a thick line and you're either a a good guy or a bad guy. But they have like the heel sides and the baby face sides. Mm -hmm. And they they cheer for the bad guys and boo the, you know, know, whatever. But it's um, when you're watching the match, you kind of forget the crowd out there, but you can still hear reactions. And that's just enough to make you pull emotion out of you. Yeah. Where with WWE, you just got Michael Cole, Michael Cole and Co. just sort of saying things as as it's happening, which you can see, but there's no emotional charge to it. Yeah. Where with AEW, someone to do something, and then you hear wrestlers, and yeah. and it just gives you that kind of feeling that oh, okay, people are watching this. Where with WWE, it just I think they need to utilize their talent that are backstage more and put them ringside like AEW do. I think it just helps the viewer at home hearing mm. reactions. So even if it's not very loud, you've got like eight people going, yeah, come on. It's enough to make you yeah, go, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think another thing uh, with AEW, maybe with AEW, they don't, they don't have as many, I guess, like cameramen or producers where WWE have all those people. So if, if they have more people on there, they're kind of worrying about having not too, having too many people in a, in a gathering. Maybe that's one of the reasons why, because you've got to think with WWE, they probably have about six or seven cameramen where AEW maybe have like four. So you've got to remember, yeah. you've got to think yeah. of how many people there are for certain things. And when it comes to certain matches yeah. and certain things that are happening, it's like, okay, so you got, let's say you're doing a six man tag. So you, even then you're, you've got six people. So then where do you put the other people? Do you then have then cut back on cameramen? Do you cut back on these certain people as well? I think yeah. it's one of the hard things as well, isn't it? Sometimes, at least with AEW, they have enough people. So, like, all right, then there's only a few of us here, only a select few. You're going to be there. You're going to be there, so that it, they're able to have that flexibility as well. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Uh, I, think, I think you're right there, to be honest. Yeah, because you think of um, WWE, they have like a cameraman, and you've got someone who's like looking after the the wire. Yeah. And they've got like what three cameramen? Then you've got the guy controlling the hard cam, which now moves. Um, yeah, and then you're going to have the people up in the box, like that American footballer dude. Um, then you had Mojo up there as well. I was really surprised that they did the bit in the second night of uh, the show with the 24-7 to, uh, championship thing. Of all those people, I was really surprised that they had all those people, though. Cause you a lot of bodies. Were... Yeah, a lot of bodies, yeah. Mm. I mean, I saw it, and then I, I think I just pressed next match. Like it, the 24-7, yeah. it's a bloody... Uh-huh. But, yeah. but with uh, but with that though, with this WrestleMania, they film things in different times, like yeah. you know, several matches at one time, other matches at other times and stuff. So they weren't all together all all, uh, all at once. Maybe that's another reason as well. They weren't able yeah. to get all the wrestlers together, so they weren't able to do that. Where with WWE, they're like, all right then, so this match is on this day, this match is on this day, you're coming in on this day, because all filmed last week as well, or the week before. Yeah. They yeah. done well to keep it in hat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There was no root. Um, um, spoilers or anything online, like no rumors that came out from it, no spoilers because apparently they they recorded Raw before the WrestleMania as well, so they really? kind of knew who. Yeah, That's so weird. God, it's weird. 
And the next match we had was from the Universal Championship between Goldberg versus now Braun Strowman. Um, I still can't. Oh, one second, sorry, I still can't believe they didn't um announce that until the Friday night SmackDown, where they knew for over a week he wasn't being part of that match. Yeah, it just annoyed me. It took an epidemic for him to win the championship. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, they uh, are. It was. It, I knew exactly what this match was going to be as soon as the bell rung. Yeah. I thought this was going to be about five minutes of just finisher, 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 done. Um, Goldberg, to me, I don't understand it. It's Vince McMahon thinking, that's good shit. It's not. No. It's, it's the, for a fan like you and I, and most of the guys that are hardcore enough to actually listen to podcasts and know what PWG is and what AEW is, I think that that match just personifies why we don't like WWE for stuff like this. Yeah. Even like Hulk Hogan, like he wasn't like the world's greatest technical wrestler, but at least he would actually have a half hour match for the world yeah. championship. And it was a story rather than just Hulk Hogan's going to hit him three times, send him into the ropes, big boot, drop kick, drop kick, drop kick, drop kick. Oh, he won. The crowd would have hated that back in the 80s and the 90s and the 70s, but yeah. I don't know why they think we like it now, you know, but no, I didn't enjoy that match. No, I didn't either. I just thought it was boring. I was kind of glad it ended, really. Yeah, to be fair, the Universal title doesn't mean nothing to me anyway. No, I'm more of a fan of the WWE title, but I just I don't like the fact that it went to Braun Strowman. I understand they had to because of Goldberg wasn't able to wrestle anymore for reasons and stuff, but why not just get rid of it and why not just give it to wait till Roman comes back and then do it that way or something? Yeah, yeah. I just... Uh, I mean, Goldberg was just... Who did... Um, he beat The Fiend for it, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Well, I'm going to mention why I think he defeated The Fiend when we talk about the um, Firefly Funhouse match. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's night one out of the way. Oh, oh I must admit... Apart one more match. He's got the main event, Richie. Don't forget the main event. You know, the Boneyard match. Oh, of course. The, the, yes. the best wrestling match, which wasn't a wrestling match at WrestleMania. Yeah. 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 yeah, which yeah. everyone loved. I, I, well, on Grapple, that, that match has got like... Mo- I've, it's quite interesting, actually, seeing the Boneyard match, where it's had a very high mix of reviews. Like, I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought it was very unique. And a lot of people were giving it five stars or one stars. It's actually, It was so... But then if you look online, mostly everyone... Mostly, most people... I know from night two, some people preferred the Firefly the five, five Funhouse match more... Yeah, but I I thought the Boneyard match was really good. I just loved how it started. I just loved the movie like aspect to it as well. It felt it yeah. felt like like a Final Deletion when it, you can tell Jamie Borash and Triple H and stuff were behind it, and with the ad lib as well. I just loved it. Gave Undertaker potentially so many more years. Um, I loved his music theme. I loved how it incorporated his classic theme. I loved the powers he was using and stuff. I ah, oh, it was such a good match. Such a good match in quotation marks. I loved it. Well, Matt Hardy actually had a response to it, didn't he? I'm just trying yeah. to find it. He um he he said he loved it from what I saw. He said he said he really liked it and said, Well done guys on a really good match. Yeah, he tweeted out to it. Um he said uh I'm truly honored cinematic matches hundred percent work with the right characters, scenario and fan base. I 
envisioned them as a new bunch of pro wrestling years ago, much like TLC did, the Broken Universe will leave its mark. So he's not particularly saying, um, you know, he's not directing it at them to workers, but he's basically saying that Matt Hardy had a lot of response through the match mm. and he liked it and he thinks that it worked because there was the right wrestlers in the right scenario with the right fan base, which is us. Yeah. Um, and, and he I... envisioned it years ago that pro wrestling, it would work like this, which it yeah. does, I think. Yeah, I think, I think it does as well. And I think it's one of those things that I think it worked even more because it was in front of a crowd. So you're able to cut into it where I think if it was in front of 80,000 people, I think yeah. a lot. Uh, maybe if they do it as segments, it might work. But as 20 to 30 minutes... It might be cool for us being at home, but when you're in the crowd, it's like, what's going on? Yeah, Think, and then you'd you know. cut back to the ring and everyone would be on their phones, gone for a piss or get beer. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, for the home audience, it's brilliant. I think that's why they've done a few matches a bit like this. I mean, there's a couple in night two that are a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but I think from, I think what they've done worked really well. And to end the, end the show like that was brilliant because... You forgot about, oh, it was in front of an audience. You just remember the Boneyard match. It was really fantastically shot, and it was great storytelling, and that's what all wrestling is. Yeah. Um, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. And it adds so many more uh, like years to The Undertaker. I feel with that, they should do it at least once a year. They, they shouldn't do it too many times, but I think at least doing it once a year, I think it will work. Like, picture him against Sting in one of those kind of matches. Yeah, it would be brilliant. And I love the fact as well, it kind of incorporated him as the American badass but also the dead man as well in like in the same character yeah I love the bit when he was in the pit ready to be literally buried upon by um with the dirt by AJ Styles and he came up and he saw the flash of light and it was and then he had the powers with the fire coming down you know it was just yeah yeah, yeah. it was I enjoyed it like a, I loved it it was great yeah definitely a, definitely a five star for me yeah, like I, said, I, was, I was reading bits earlier about it, and apparently Triple H said to them, um, okay, there's no dialogue. You guys know the story. Just talk a lot. And yeah. it have flown, actually. You're both creative guys. Go and have some fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was no, by God, Undertaker, you hit me in the face. I'm going to have to kick you in the head. You know, there was none of that. It was, you know, the Undertaker saying sort of like, you know, when AJ Styles, you know, saying, I'm sorry. You know, saying, sorry for what, boy? <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, sorry for what, boy. And he picks him up. And I, I remember one scene, he holds AJ's head and he sort of gets his hair and brushes it out of his eyes. And he's like, this is going to hurt, boy. Like he was teaching him a lesson. Like, yes. I mean, it's a, you know, I don't want to fight no more. And Undertaker was like, you, you've made your own grave, boy. You're going to fight. I'm sorry. And he's like, what are you sorry for? I'm sorry. Tell me why you're sorry. Do you know what I mean? Like teaching yes. him a lesson, like a father with his kid, like a, an old school American sort of like, you know, Back in the day when your kid was naughty, you'd beat him. I'm sorry, Dad. Why are you sorry? I just damn bang. Why are you sorry? Because I swore at Mum. That's right. Bang. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah. And it was an old way of bringing up kids. I know this is going really off subject, but it's the old American way. And that it, it kind of worked for the story of this match. AJ being the cocky sort of like, I'm here with my friends, but Undertaker's yes. like, no, I'm like, still I loved guy. it when he came out the coffin on the hearse. I thought, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. You go like, yeah. I love the yeah. fact as well that AJ wasn't wearing gear. He was like wearing just jeans and a t-shirt. It, it added more to the fact it was like a fight as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they weren't in the ring. Why would you wear wrestling gear? Yeah. 
and, 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 I, and I, yeah, and I felt it would have been way better better than the match would have been, in my opinion. I think it was just a normal one-on-one match. I don't think it would have been as well remembered or as well loved as it as boneyard matches. Like you know, uh, all you would get is criticism saying Undertaker should hang his boots up. Yep, and then now everyone's like, oh my god, this is going to add more years to the Undertaker. Mm. Perfect. Yeah, definitely, man. Perfect. And next, we're going to go on to night two of WrestleMania 36. Three. Oh, yeah, I forgot to ask. What do you think about the um, intro to the pay-per-view? Like, the video? Didn't what, like it. You didn't like it? No, I thought it was really good. I didn't like the guy that was like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, what is this? <laughs> they should have just let him go, you know, done done it. Just go, and that's when the immortals, and they turn up on a boat and there's fireworks and, yeah. you know, I, and I, I, I loved that. I just didn't like the guy saying, whoa, 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 they're superstars, they're super, I was like, and he sounded a little bit like Jack Sparrow. I was like. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, to me it kind of felt like a bit like a Monty Python thing, where it's like, whoa, 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 and it's like one of those things as well. Yeah, I was thinking, is he? Does he say? Is he English? I was like thinking, is that like someone like Michael Payne? Oh, that'd be so cool if it was Michael Pay- Payne or someone saying that. Yeah, no, it was just someone who sounded remotely like Jack Sparrow. Um, yeah, yeah, a bit English and a little bit drunk. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all right. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's, it, it isn't no WrestleMania 17, is it? Nah, not at all. No. Or um, 2022 was quite a good one with Big Time. I, I like that one. Big time. I'm on my way. And 24 were pretty good with um, ladies and gentlemen and um, light it up. Yeah. So like was... theory. Mm. Yeah. 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 Did you, know yeah. did you know WrestleMania one's theme tune was Easy Lover by Phil Collins and Phil Bailey? Was it really? Yeah. But that was before. Obviously, they can't use it now. So they just use generic music. So. Ah, I'll tell you yeah. what, I'm going to YouTube that because obviously there will be somebody who's got a um, VHS. Yeah. Uh, put on it. I did not know that. Yeah, because uh, at the time, um, Hulk Hogan came out to Ida Tiger. Junkyard Dog came out to We Will Rock You. No, another one bites of dust, sorry, came out to. And then you had other people just use like rock music because at the time, no, it wasn't really, you know, which is why I was surprised they had Metallica, though. But I'm guessing... Um, Vince was like, for The Undertaker, they'll happily spend the money on him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I can't see... Well, if I looked on the internet hard enough, I'd be able to find um, Hogan. Who did Hogan come out to? Uh, I, the Tiger. And, I... Then, and then later on that year, they had to give him that generic, like, weird music that he had as well. Oh, I think I found it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's surreal. Yeah. See, I bet you on the uh, network, they've already blanked that bit out. Oh, yeah. Uh, they have, if uh, that's one of the reasons why you can't really watch WCW or ECW anymore because they use like copyrighted songs. And they don't really have the rights to it, or probably couldn't really afford it. I mean, look at the Sandman entrance. Without into Sandman, that loses a lot of its luster. Do you know how um, Paul Heyman got around that? Uh, he had it on the speaker, so it wasn't as loud. And he, I think, paid someone to be able to use some of the music or something, wasn't it? Basically, what the legal uh, jargon was, you couldn't play someone's music as a direct feed. But if you had it as ambient music in the background, you didn't have to pay rights. 
But basically, <laughs> if you're filming it in an arena, yes, ambient music because it's not going directly through the jack into the input of the TV. So it's filling up the arena. You're not actually. It's, it's, it's a legal loophole, basically, but that's how he got all his stuff. That's amazing. That's so clever. Yeah. They, obviously, it's different now. They, there's copyrights, and they say, "Well, you can't do that now." But back in the oh, day, you did, the law did. The, the law wasn't as um, closely written as it is now. So yeah, he was like, "Yeah, we just used to use Mark Metallica and like fucking awesome bands, and just play it through the big speakers and just film it with a really crappy VHS recorder." Yeah, yeah. it worked, and it worked, okay. and then yeah. And then uh, first match from WrestleMania Night 2 was the NXT Women's Championship between Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Banging match. Yeah, great match. I love this match. I thought it was great. Did you like um, Rhea Ripley's um, gear? No. Did you not recognise it? It was based off Vegeta from Dragon Ball. Yeah, I noticed it, the yeah. colours. Yeah. Um, obviously, he put a tweet out, didn't he? And said, um, what happened to the badass? Like, you know, what, what you're doing? Didn't like that. She's meant to be like the bad girl. Yeah. And the whole promo package was, I've been compared to like Charlotte Flair because I'm this pretty blonde thing. Well, I'm a bad girl, so I wear black. Comes out to the ring looking like Vegeta. <laughs> looking like saying out of the Simpsons. You was like, what are you doing? Like You've gone completely against what your promo package has said and the whole reason you were wrestling Charlotte and then, and then you lost anyway. So don't you look silly. But I like the outfit, yeah. Yeah, I liked it, but I didn't I'll like it. Honest, yeah, I'll be honest. At first, I was kind of like, I didn't like it because I agree with you. That's not her character. But then after realised, oh my god, I thought it was even cooler. You know, yeah, in the kind because everyone loves Dragon Ball in, in wrestling, wrestling, don't they? Really? Also, they Dragon Ball. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's just it's just quite funny when the whole promo package was I wear black because I'm nothing like Charlotte. As she comes out bright white and blue and yellow, and I was like, yes, fuck me, like what? I knew I could see the reference to Dragon Ball, but like I'll be I'll be honest. I, I, at first, I didn't realize the reference, and then I looked and I was like, "Oh my god, I can see it now." Yeah, it yeah. didn't take me out of the match. I still, yeah, they still both told the story really well. And yeah. I'll tell you what, what, I really liked about that match was that Charlotte was working a body part, and really and sold it, sold it even on offense. She sold it. Yes, did do something, and then she go back to holding her knee, and I was like. God, you are good. Yes. You're did, really, really good. Feel, yeah. Did you feel like you were watching a women's tennis match? The a little bit. They were doing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. If you close your eyes, you end up in this really magical place, Mark. Yeah, you do, don't but, you? Uh, <laughs> but um, I thought that was like a classic, absolute brilliant wrestling match. Wrestling yeah, I match, loved it. it. I thought it was a great wrestling match. I thought, I thought for me, before a match that comes out later on, I thought it was my match of the night. Yeah, I thought that. I thought this is going to be... Was, and I thought it was my favourite women's match of the whole two nights as well. It was mine. It was my favourite women's match. And Charlotte's a flair. You yeah. can see that. And Rhea Ripley's just amazing. You know, and she's come on so well. And I don't think the um, the fact that Charlotte went over is a bad thing. No, I don't as well. Everyone says, oh, you know, Charlotte's this, that and the other... Charlotte's still got a long time left in the WWE, a hell of a long time. You don't start making her look weak now. If you want her to be a mega superstar like her dad, you've got to give her that win, which she's got to keep winning. Yeah. She's a fair. If she starts losing now, well, she's all right, but she's not as good as her dad was. But yeah. then you'd, the fans would be a bit like, yeah, but she's always winning. We don't want this forced on us. No, no, you want this. She's that good in the ring, and you know it. Oh, yeah, she's great in the ring. I think she's amazing. I liked her gear as well because it was uh, based off her dad as well. 
I think back yeah. in 92 when he won the championship for the WF, I think it was at the Royal Rumble maybe or some other pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, you know, and she's, I think she's as good as her dad. I think she's great. And I like the fact as well that they've um, given her the flair name and stuff, but they've kind of taken a character away from her dad too much. So it's like her, she's taken the homage of her dad, but not at the same time, if you know what I mean as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I think would be really good? What's that? If you had someone like Flair, but no, you had Charlotte Flair, and there's a lot of mixed um, opinions on this, but intergender wrestling, I'd love to see her work with someone like Seth Rollins. Yeah. I know that sounds really odd, and there's a lot of mixed opinions on that, and people say it's right, some say it's wrong. Just remember, it's not a fight, it's a wrestling match. Um, I think they could work well together. I think she's, I think she could work so well with men. I think it'd be believable. Yeah, I do as well. And I think the fact as well, her her dad is this well-renowned man, uh, man and stuff. I think, yeah, and the name as well alone will help her in everything because she's a flair. And yeah. also as well, it's one of those things that she hasn't let the pressure get to her. The fact that she's a flair would be so... I mean, look at David Flair, just how crap he was and how the name, yeah. I think, got to him too much. But I think she's just that good that I think that people will remember her for her rather than yeah. her being her yeah, child, if you know what I mean, you know. Yeah, it'd be right. like Charlotte Flair was great. Her dad was also great. Yeah. Not Charlotte. Rick Flair was really good, and she had his daughter. His daughter joined, and she was all right. She just copied her dad. You can't say that. Yeah. They're both uh, as good as each other. Yeah, and I think, and I think WWE, I think she'll be the only person who would ever break his record. I think yeah. she already got technically 11, 12 if you include her first NXT Championship. And she's and she was saying on Twitter, would you include this? So she's now eleven time champion, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things. I think she would be the only one. I think her dad would let it happen that she would break the streak of his sixteen world championships because technically <laughs> twenty two or twenty three or twenty four. It depends on who you speak to. So it's at least twenty odd. But so. if, you include, if you include all the NWA stuff. Yeah, and then in Wabbin the North career and some other promotions he's wrestled for as well was such a world champion. But some people include it, other people don't include it. So it's a weird. Well, you thing. can say the same about like um, the Rev Pro Championship. You know, like if someone wins the Rev Pro Championship, then they go and win the WWE Championship. Are they a two-time? It depends what. Yeah. You class. I mean, you you could class. I would class NWA, IWGP, and WWE. Universal, I don't, I don't class that as a title. I'd see that as a holding championship for the B show. Um, but I definitely would class the NWA and the IWGP heavyweight as a world title. Yeah, I, I, I also think in in WWE it's one of those things that as long as they own it, they would class it as a world championship because they were no, no one would mention when anyone was WCW champion. But then now they own it. It's like, oh, he's now a, uh, like a 13-time world champion, a 12-time world champion kind of thing. You yeah. Know, it's Ronnie Garvin. He's a one-time world champion, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no. So yeah. He's, he can't be a boy because he's a world champion. But what but, does confuse me with WWE is like they're showing an old picture of Dusty holding the NWA championship. Mm-hmm. They're not scared to talk about the NWA championship, even though it's active now for the NWA. I think um, because they depends if it's Triple H because he's very much a fan of the history of wrestling. But I think because they own that footage, they can mention it and stuff. Yeah. You know, if, I reckon if you ask Triple H, because I remember they he was talking about um, the World Heavyweight Championship and he said that meant a lot to him because you had the greats like Harley Race hold it and Ric Flair and all these great names. Mm. And at the time of the WCW merger, 
I think Triple H was saying that you look through the history books of the World Heavyweight Championship, it's had some really good names hold that title. Real wrestlers, 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 where the WWE was a bit gimmicky. Yeah. Um, I think Triple H, deep down, he always preferred the World Heavyweight Championship. And I think that's why that ends up being the head championship, head title on Raw. And he held it for so long. He loved that yeah. title. Yeah, yeah. The, the big gold, isn't it? It's like the big gold belt. It's the real, the real yeah. world champion. That's what Ric Flair used to say. I'm the real world champion. You know, I know um, Nick Aldis says that now. He says it all the time. I'm the, re- I'm the real world heavyweight champion. But Ric Flair used to say that with WCW titles, you know, Jim yeah. Crockett. Yeah, because I, I still think for me, the three best championships is the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, the yeah. Big Goldie and the Winged Eagle. I think those three titles are the best championships because the wind eagle that was so many big stars and so many big people like hulk hogan savage the undertaker ultimate warrior bret hart Shawn michaels steve austin etc they had these big it was the last one when they steve i think they changed it the night after 14 didn't they yeah they did yeah to the precursor to the at to the attitude era belt and then they changed it to the undisputed era belt so yeah because hulk hogan is technically the last ever wwf champion because when he was when he was a champion it changed the wwe Oh, really? Yeah. 2001? Uh, 2002. 2002. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Which which is actually quite cool, because he is the man who, when you think of the WWF, he's probably one of the first names you think of. He is synonymous yeah. with wrestling. Yeah. yeah, he's the guy. He's the yeah. man. He's the yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Ric Flair's also the man. To beat the man, you got to be the man. Or no, speed a man who got beat the hand, sorry. You know, but yeah. Flair is that typical um, ask a wrestling fan who the best wrestler was, Hulk Hogan. Ask a wrestling mark who the best champion was, Ric Flair. Yeah. That's the difference. You know, a kid would say Hogan, a wrestling fan, would probably, you know, a real wrestling fan, like, um, you know, Ric Flair was a much better wrestler than Hogan was, but Mm. Hogan was a much better um attraction and you yeah. could work with crowds just as good as flair if not a little bit better um but rick flair was the man he was the man oh yeah completely massively man because it's really cool because when you hear steve austin talk about rick flair he always says my favorite professional wrestler my favorite pro wrestler like steve yeah. austin has all this respect and stuff and love for him as well so yeah yeah he, he says flair is the best yeah which is completely true i think i i think technically for me i think bret hart is the best but I think for overall everything, I think it has to go to Ric Flair because yeah, he had I mean, the promo skills, the wrestling skills. He was a great attraction. Uh, people wanted to see him get beat up. I think yeah. for me, he is overall of all three of the factors. I think he's the best. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he was. Um, he wasn't a one-trick pony. He was very good at all aspects. Mm. If you go on the network and watch some really old territory stuff, Flair, when he was working, um, like when he was working with Arn Anderson and sort of like Tully, watch some of the old school horseman stuff when it was like Crockett promotions. Yeah. Um, AWA and Smoky Mountain and stuff like that. It was unbelievable. The heat he used to get. Uh, it was brilliant. And you thought, God, this bloke's like well before his time. Mm. You know, like wrestlers would come out and you'd think, oh, okay, this guy's in black trunks. Then Ric Flair would come out of the hair and the title and he'd say about like, you know, you know, when he was on about like, you know, my loafers cost this. And he'd chuck them in the crowds and they'd say, whoa, we can start going mad. And you think, yes, this is amazing. (laughs) Well before it's time. Well before it's time. Yeah. And he made some 
people in bigger stars like Sting he made, Ricky Steamboat he made, Dusty Rhodes. He was that great that he can make anyone be good and you want to see him get beat up because he was that good of a, of a heel. Like, you know, and he's one of the people you respected because he was that good. But then like Hogan, he would he would happily make another star. Yeah. Hogan could be unless he was really, really friendly with you, he would be very um selfish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think Flair would be a little bit more open to let someone else beat him just for the storyline. Um, yeah, that's what made him great. Yeah, I, I was a really big Ric Flair mark because we went to the Brighton Centre to watch on WWF back when I was a child. And I was going, yay, Ric Flair, stop booing him. Why are you booing Ric Flair? Because I was a massive Ric Flair mark. Yeah. I loved Ric Flair. He was my favourite when I was yeah. a kid. But yeah, I just loved him. Um, the next match we had was Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. I enjoyed this match, but I felt oh, this one a bit too long for me. I felt like it should have been a two, three minute squash, make Addison Black look like Black Mass and then win. Yeah. What's the whole deal with Lana now? Is she like slowly sort of going off Lashley? Uh, It's more Lashley's going off of her, but I'm kind of hoping they might have like MVP and Ricochet and Lashley as a faction together and have MVP like be his manager and stuff because, yeah. I think also as well that cut angle's now ended, so it's kind of like where else can they go? I think because Rusev doesn't want to sign anymore, so he's not on TV. I think he'll go to AEW soon, Rusev. He will, yeah. A lot of talent will. Yeah, I watched it, and I've not been keeping up with WWE too much. Um, obviously, I saw Lana come out of Lashley. I mean, that's the first time I've seen Lashley in long tights. I've always seen him in yeah. like, um, boxes, you know, like um, shorts. And I just thought, what is the dynamic with these two? She told him to do something. He went to do a jackhammer. She went, no, spear him. And that's what led to his defeat. Yeah. Because of what she was saying. And when he lost, it was like she was disgusted with him. And I just thought, oh, okay, well, they're breaking these two up then. So what's yeah. happening? With thought I'd ask her. But yeah, it was all right. Um, it's a shame that it weren't obviously in front of a crowd this match because I think um, Alistair Black would have got a really good entrance at a proper mania. Yeah, I do as well. He would have a great entrance. And I think he would have worked really well in a Boneyard kind of match as well against Taker. I think those two would work really well together. Yeah, both He's like quite or, or even Or even the Demon as well. I think that would have been really good as well. Yeah. 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 But, but I think the cool thing with Rusev, though, he's one of those stars that I think would work in AEW because he was someone who the crowd loved. And he wasn't just an ex-WWE guy. Because I think that's one of the things that what I'm kind of glad about AEW is they're not just signing anyone. They're signing people who they think will be good. And not just like TNA used to sign any WWE guy. Because I was a WWE guy, let's sign this person. But which is why I think with people like Revival and Russo potentially, they'll work for AEW because even though they are, and in a sense would be an ex-WWE guy, they'll be their own person that they would add to the show and not kind of be like, he's just a WWE guy. It's like, why are I signing all these different people, you know? Yeah, they, they only sign people if they've got value to the company, and that's what yeah. Cody has said. Um, he won't just sign anyone. Um, Rusev deserves to go to AEW, I think. Um, the Revival, they, they are blatantly going. They are yeah. so, you know, with the whole FTR thing, and then the next thing you know, the, the Revival was wearing um, gear that had hashtag FTR yeah. for the Revival, and it was like, you know... Between them and the Young Bucks, they're tweeting each other saying, this is awesome, isn't it? Yeah, this is great. Like, it, it, yeah, the Revival would go. I think Rusev could go. He would fit in quite well. Yeah, I do. Because 
because uh, I, I I have one of the it's Rusev Day t-shirts and he was so over like at WrestleMania yeah. 34 he was one of the biggest stars everyone was chanting Rusev Day and, yeah. and everything he was so popular with the crowd it, it was mad just how big he was so yeah, yeah. oh well, we'll see what's happening and like, I think Lana's contract might be coming to an end as well so we'll see what happens yeah what's his space indeed and the next match we had was Dolph Ziggler versus Otis. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I like Otis. I, I love Otis. I think he's great. He's so charismatic. And the fact as well, he's so agile for a man his size as well. It's crazy as how good he is in the ring. Yeah, my missus walked in when I was watching this match and she saw Otis in the ring. She went, oh my God, he's disgusting. And she sat there on her laptop doing work. And then when obviously the finish came and he was holding yeah. the girl, I said, well, baby, got the girl. And she went, well, why did she choose him over the other one? The other one's all right. And I was like... <laughs> You got to watch this stuff to believe it, babe. She's yeah. Lit. Oh, okay. Um, I like Otis. He's um, he's definitely gonna. Lie. Now he's had such a good character. Like his character is so strong, and he's yeah. over with the crowd. He will be there for a long time. Yeah. Um, I hope he is anyway. But yeah, I enjoyed the match. And you're right. He's very agile for a big guy. Um, Dolph where he sells himself so well. Um, quite a solid match, really. Yeah, really good solid match. And I like the fact as well when, because um, I wasn't sure how, how they were going to do the whole Mandy Rose thing, but I was really glad that she actually went with Otis. It wasn't just that swerve. That, But I think the kiss, if it happened in front of a crowd, would have been a massive reaction because everyone yeah. loved Otis. And when there was like the date was happening, it was like, oh my God, the date. And then you should see mm. people on social media and different forums talking about it and stuff. And when I was talking to my Discord group for OSW Review and Post Wrestling, we were discussing it and we were like, yes, get in there, Otis, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was um, people, I remember, I think I can't remember if I tweeted you or not, but I tweeted John Pollock. Uh, basically, you know, when uh, England scored a guy, you see the crowd going, yay! It was literally, oh, yeah. you see someone tweeted, like, this is what the reaction to the Otis Ray Rose kiss was in the England fans yeah. oh, the angle. no not the pub but in the street but it's yeah. amazing isn't it just how but but i, I think that's where sort of sort of like that works where i think them um the cuck angle didn't work but that angle does work with those two with those three technically or four yeah so yeah, yeah. totally agree with that yeah yeah I, to be fair i've always liked ziggler um i think they've stopped started him stopped started him so much i think they should just do this with him leave him in the mid card but put him in actual like long-term stories yeah. rather than really short stories where he just always gets the title shot and then loses but doing stuff like this where it's um story-based angle rather than a rather than a wrestling-based um championship angle this is where ziggler's great yeah completely you know he, he is a good heel he can work heel he can work face he's just He's brilliant for storytelling. Um, he's very agile, and he can he can kind of turn his hands to any kind of story, like kind of thing. Um, yeah, Ziggler for me, this was a perfect place for him and Otis. They both, everyone's just come out looking better, and it's it's great. Yeah, no, completely. And you, and you've given the fans what they wanted. You know, it wasn't one of those things where they always do swerves and they're not going to carry it on. It was literally this is this is what you want. This is what you got. It would have been better in front of a crowd, but at least we got what we at least we got what we wanted. Yeah. Yeah, we got the payoff. Um, yeah. And due to the circumstances of the world right now, it didn't pay off as um, we'd like to see. But we'd got the payoff. And I sat at home and I had a smile on my face. And I thought, no, oh, that was good. And uh, the next match we had was Edge versus Randy Orton in the last man standing match. I felt for me, this match was far too long. I think if you got at least 10 minutes of it, I think it wouldn't have been a better match. But I did love the Crash Bandicoot impression, though, by Edge. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do, do you know the you know the bit I'm talking about? Because you know, remembering Crash Bandicoot three and the um sort of like Aladdin-y kind of uh, levels where it's kind of like the Arabian Nights and you got Crash going across the the um, yeah. the cage. It reminded me of that when he did the yeah. when he was walking across the cage and did the elbow. Yeah, and he fell down and hurt himself more than what that was on the um like was, the in the, the table pe- like yeah. where the meeting room like boardroom yeah. boardroom yeah um. One thing I'd say about Edge, he's selling. He's fantastic at the moment, isn't it? Mm, yeah, really good. And he's shredded as well. The man is best shape he's been in like for years and years and years. Yeah, he's in better shape now than what he was when he was in the Attitude Era. Or yeah. even when he was in um, Rated R Superstar stuff with, again, Randy Orton. Um, I, I, I think the right guy won for me, but I feel it was too long. The match was too long. It could have been a lot shorter. There was... Yeah, again, it would have been good at WrestleMania. Because they wouldn't yeah. have. Had, this is this is where um, it kind of come back to get him a bit. They didn't have a crowd, so they said, "Okay, we'll do this as a backstage fight and try and be really creative." They'd done that, but there was just too much of it. Like you see, mm. as oversaturating. I think if the match was uh, in a ring at WrestleMania, it would have been just a brilliant bog standard last man standing match with a few high spots. It would have been great. Mm. They'd done well with what they had, and they used the PC and they worked it really well. I think they could have finished the match in the gym. I don't think it needed to go on top of a truck. Um, I, agree, I agree with you there. I felt like the bit in the bit in the gym was really good. I liked the bit in the office, but then after that, I was kind of like, when is this match going to end? It's just... Getting a bit silly now. Yeah. yeah. But I, I thought the finish was really good, and I liked the fact as well that um, he used the move that um, Randy Orton used to basically um, take him out for all those weeks. I, th- I thought it was quite a nice little revenge and stuff. And, and yeah. it was cool to see Edge back as well, because w- I've always liked Edge. And it was just cool to have him back, be basically um, saying his own terms of it, because he originally was going to go to AEW. Yeah. Because um, he was like, I need to show this to Vince. And then Vince was like, actually, I'll match the money, maybe give you more. And then he went to WWE, which is fair enough. But yeah. I thought it was an all right match. Definitely should have been shorter. But I do feel the build to that match was really good, though. Like Randy yeah. Orton and uh, Edge, great build. I love the uh, promo package as well. It's showing you why these two hate each other. And, yeah, 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 yeah. I think with these two as well, because they're both vetches, I think they kind of didn't give. Me, I think they give bullet points rather than the script. Um, yeah. And they kind of they are starting to let wrestlers do this a bit more now. Um, it's not so. Um, scripted. There's, I think they are working guys with bullet points and seeing how they're floating. Guys like Edge and, uh, Edge and Randy Orton, obviously it's going to be magic. It's yeah. going to be absolute magic. AJ and Undertaker, absolute magic. <laughs> Austin, King of the Ring, absolute magic. You know, don't give him a bullet point. Just say, go out and, sorry, here's your bullet points. Can you try it? Well, make sure you hit bullet points, but do what you want to do. Yeah. And I think Edge and Randy Orton done that with their whole build-up since Raw. But how are they getting to use the concerto? Like, I thought chair shots to the head were kind of like not allowed. I know obviously that doesn't even touch the head. Like, I'm guessing the concerto, they must have just passed it and then they don't really use it much since then, really. Mm. Because I guess because it doesn't really do the, to the head and also because it's to add to the, to the story because otherwise it would it, it will be take away from the match. Maybe it's kind of like, all right, then we'll let you do this one thing and then you can't do it for a while again, maybe. Yeah, because the only chair shot I can remember post like the Benoit thing was um, Triple H and Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. Yeah, uh, they got um, fined for that a lot of money. Yeah, 
but I think no one knew about it and they just did it. And I think now you have to get um, permitted by Vince, but I think Vince one of the people who would do it only because he's like, all right, I trust you too. And it adds more to the match. And it's a re and there's a reason for it as well, where I think if there's no reason for it, it's kind of like, well, why was that there kind of thing? It's kind of, it's the same thing with the whole, with the blood back in 97, where I think, because the blood and also as well Vince is, Vince is one of those people that even if you might do certain things if it's a really good match he's like I don't care do what you want. if it's a shit match like why the fuck did you do that like sort of thing yeah. as well the yeah. thing is I personally think I, I, I miss a chair shot like that but I think they should be allowed if they're protected hands up I think unprotected chair shots should be banned yeah. I think a protected chair shot there's nothing wrong with it you're hitting someone's hand with a chair but it, the visual of it looks fantastic um, uh, I, I I agree with you to us too mostly, but I feel like it should and the same with blood should only be done if a match warrants it or if it's something that yeah. you would believe a match should have like a hell in a cell or, or a cage match should have blood because it's like the it's the um, feud ender it's like the basically yeah. that kind of thing and I feel like with same with chest of the head it should only happen if the match warrants it and it and the match deserves it where if you just do it willy nilly it kind of loses it and it's kind of like we're kind of going back to when yeah well also as well it it adds more to the sword and it adds more it's not just he did a chair shot to the head it's more like he did chair shot to the head but it adds to this this and this and that kind of thing which is why i feel yeah. like in some matches if you just do it now and everyone forgets about it it's like that's just one spot of like 50 where yeah. when you do it properly in a match and it helps and it adds more to the match that's when i feel that and blood should happen you know definitely you know because that's one of the things why i like about that sean spear shot chair shot to the head when he did to cody everyone remembered that chair shot and they spoke about it for longer afterwards where if it was a normal match where no one really thought about it it's like well just one of five mm. things sometimes as well so yeah 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 and the next match we had was for the tag team championship of raw between the street profits versus garcia and austin theory yeah um to be honest i didn't watch all this match okay um, i i like austin theory um i saw him when they done um i was introduced to him when wwe network done a special on the progress show okay um and he was in the main event and i thought to myself this guy is phenomenal like he should be up with the wwe roster um last time i knew he was in nxt i, I didn't even know he'd made the raw roster it's because um, Andre, uh, Andrade is out with an injury or something and they needed someone to come in. Because I think he was quarantined or something along those lines and he, they needed someone to come in to um, wrestle. So they ended up bringing him in. That's not bad. I mean, he's a good show. Yeah, definitely. And I thought um, it was quite cool to have Bianca Belair come up as well with the, with the Street, Puppet, uh, Street Profits. I thought it was quite cool. And also, I love them as well. The Street Profits, I think, are great. Like, they are really charismatic. I know besides their crappy like she was segment stuff they do on raw was shit but i think them being natural and being themselves they're mm. really good they're great wrestlers and they're great um characters as well you know like i think they they feel like nakamura they just have that charisma about them like when they come into a room you know they're there yeah they, they do remind me a lot of um private party though oh yes from a dub that the gimmick is very similar um obviously street profits done it first but um what was the outcome? Was it the Street Profits uh, went over? Street Profits won, and then um, they attacked. Then the Garcia and Fury attacked the other guys, and then um, Zelina Del Vega was basically getting involved as well. And then Bianca Belair came out to help. 
Yeah, so I haven't really got much of an opinion on that because I can't give you an honest one because I didn't see the whole thing. Um, but yeah, what would you say? Good match or just a throwaway match? Uh, it was it was an all right match, but I think at that point I was getting a bit tired and I wanted to go and go to bed. Where I think even though it was only a three hour odd show, I think it's one of those things because it's twelve o'clock at night and yeah. you're just getting tired. It's one of those things. Where I think if I watched it with more refresh in mind, I would enjoy it more. Right, you okay. know. So but would you say was, you would need to go back and watch it, or would you say not to bother? I would say go and watch it because Austin Fury was great in the match. He was really good, very smooth, and the other guys have great um, charisma and great moves as well. So yeah, okay, I it. But I kind of felt like it was a bit too short, but I enjoyed it for what it was. You know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the next match we had was for the SmackDown Women's Championship between Sasha Banks, uh, Bailey, Naomi, mm-hmm. Lacey Evans, and Tamina. Yeah, see, I watched this all the way through. Um, yeah. I loved this match. Fantastic. I, did. Well, I thought it was a great match as well. I loved the, uh, even though I was upset that she didn't win, and I feel like Vince should push her more on the fact that she was so over in NXT. I know I'm being biased because I'm a big mark. You're all about your Sasha Banks again. Yes, and but I do like the the hints and the sort of like the subtleness of her turning against Bailey. Yeah, yeah. And it was a bit like... Um, Bailey done kind of what she had to do. Yes. And still protected Sasha. The the telltale sign is when she obviously came in and done the bank statement and then obviously Bailey got the win. Um it was the way that Sasha was looking at the title when she handed it back to Bailey. Like, I want Yes. And the in the pre interview before that match backstage with not Renee. Um Kayla Braxton, who I really like, I think she's a great um backstage. Yeah, yeah. Her and Charlie I, I really like and Renee. I think they're my three. Yeah. No, no one can beat Gene Oakland, but I no. think it's been a pretty good. They're okay, actually. Is it? Um, who's the one who looks like Renee Young? Uh, that is Sarah Strider. I know that Wrestle Ramble call um, the one that looks like Renee Young. They just they just call her <laughs> not Renee. Um, they had an interview of not Renee backstage. But anyway, um, <laughs> the, the pre um, thing where they interview Bailey and say, "Oh, you know, how, how are your odds going to be, and how are you two yes. going to be?" Bailey walked off, and Sasha was like, "Well, I will." be in this match and I'm going for that title so if I whatever and I thought okay they're hinting the turn they're hinting hint yeah. it gonna happen and the whole match I was waiting for Sasha to turn on Bailey and it never happened but I thought what they'd done was actually quite clever mm. it, it threw me a swerve ball it was a really really good match as well really really good match yeah, I think Lacey Evans come on leaps and bounds oh she's gone massive leaps and bounds same with Naomi as well I think Naomi's improved a lot yeah and I'll tell you what Bailey and Sasha in that match, giving out verbals to the other guys, you mm. know, not verbals as in like spots, but in like, you know, they both started to go like attack um, Naomi. Come here, glow girl, you know, things like that. It was very good. Very good. Yeah. Like the, they they didn't. Oh, what I like about what the girls did, and I think this shows how good Bailey and Sasha are, shows why they're a horsewoman, is when nothing was really happening, they would talk. There was always yep. something for you to pick up on rather than oh, a headlock in an arena full of no one. It was never yep. that. Sasha would be like calling out, get her, Bailey, get her. Do you know what I mean? It was brilliant. Yes. Yep. I enjoyed the match. To me, it was one of my favourite matches of the whole WrestleMania. Mine too, actually. I think for me, it was probably my second favourite match, like actual match match, but then it'll be my fourth overall. Quite funny, though. We've already said that Charlotte... In the NXT against um, Bayern was one, you know, one of the top matches, and now we're just saying this five-way was one of the top yeah. matches. We've never done it again. 
yeah they have amazing isn't it just how like good they are like that's why at 32 Sasha Becky and Charlotte were my favorite match at that event too mm. you know? brilliant I love yeah, it brilliant. but I, I do like the way that they've turned Bailey Hill now I'm liking more of her character now yeah but it's amazing isn't it just to see just how this time a couple of years ago I never would have thought Bailey would ever turn Hill honestly good thing about Bailey so, is she mm. really goes into her character you know she had her haircut just to be a heel yeah I love that match, coming back to it. And uh, if you haven't seen it, recommend it. I, I like it. It's probably yeah. one of the best takeaway matches for Mania. Yeah, same here. I, I love I loved that match. And I thought all five people did really well as well. Yeah, there yeah. wasn't really any botches in the match. Um, I think Lacey Evans was probably the greenest one in there. And she done so well. She's yeah, come on. Yeah, so I, I think they all did really well as well. And it's worth checking out her podcast. She done with, I think it was Chris Jericho. Um Really, really good. She's got a really interesting military story. Um, oh, uh, how, how long ago was it then, the, her interview with Chris Jericho? Was it uh, a while ago, wasn't it? Because I know... It was a while ago. It was when WWE was still letting talents have interviews with Jericho. So okay. Um, yeah. I just, it was that good, I remember it. But basically, her dad was an alcoholic and her mum left and she ended up having kids, but she didn't know what to do. She joined the military and became really high up and she's a very independent woman. So the good thing is the character that she's got, I know she's not a militant, but she's like this um, lovely kind of like 50s pinup girl. Yeah. She's on about women's rights and that's what the name of her finisher is. And this and that. But she's like herself as like a, a volume slightly turned up volume version of herself. And I think that comes mm. across really well. But in terms of wrestling, she actually says she finds wrestling easy. And was it Austin? It might have been Steve Austin. So what do you mean? I think it was Steve Austin. It wasn't Jericho. It was Austin. She said, well, I've been through so much shit in my life and I can use that in my professional life. And people moan about the long traveling and long distances. She goes, I've done all that in the military. So for me, this is a cakewalk. I'm just enjoying it and I'm learning how to wrestle more and more. And you think, well, she's being honest and she's doing nothing but getting better. Yeah. Completely, man. She hung with them four other girls at WrestleMania and women and that's off to her. Yeah, definitely, man. And it just shows you as well, as you said, how good Sasha and Bailey are. Like, those two are just great anyway. But they were the ring generals in that match. They was, yeah, they oh, yeah, were, completely. They were heels. And the heels generally, um, they usually call the match in the ring, the heels. Mm-hmm. And when you've got five, obviously a lot of it's going to be like the spots are going to be spoken about before the match. But who's, in, who's the generals in that match? Sasha and Bailey. The other three girls were listening to them and going off what they were saying. And it just shows. I mean, when the wrestler gets really, really good, turn them heel, and then you get the green baby faces in who are learning from the hills, and the hills like, don't fire up yet, don't fire up yet, more heat, yes. more heat. You know, you know, not fire, don't fire, don't fire. Now go, 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 and get the heat, get you know, the baby face heat. Yes. It was, oh, I, I uh, loved it. And, and I think as well, because Sasha especially is her favourite wrestler of all time is Eddie Guerrero, and he was so good at doing that, so she kind of takes off inspiration from him. He's like, all right then, so he's in the match. So all right then, so he fires up in this mat, in this bit of the match, or he does this and this bit in the match, and then she incorporates it into her matches and that kind of thing. And yeah. it's really cool to see that you can see these people, people like as well when they like Bret Hart and other and Ricky Steamboat and stuff. You can see them and Ric Flair and, and Hulk Hogan, for example. Mm. You can see them like incorporating those spots and those moments into their matches and Austin. Okay, as well. One thing I would say about Sasha Banks, especially mm. when she's working in front of a crowd, she would be halfway doing something, stop, and all she'd do is look at the crowd. And she'd get a reaction off them. Yes. You've got to look at them and just go, or whatever she does. And the crowd are like, <clears throat> and she's like, mm, and she carries on what she's doing. She's getting yeah. that from Eddie. Ed, the amount of time Eddie would do something and then just go, 
to the crowd and they'll be yes. like, oh, yes, yes, yes. and they go and do his thing again. And Sasha does that. Um, yeah, her and Bailey ran that match perfectly. It was one of the best matches yeah. at Mania. Definitely. Uh, well, we'll talk about our favourite matches after we talk about the last two matches as well. And the next match we had, or match, was the Firefly Funhouse match between Bray Wyatt mm. versus John Cena. Dude, I love this. This was so, this was such good shit. This was my favourite thing of Mania. And they weren't even a match. Um, no, I loved it, man. I thought it was so, so good. I loved it. What was your best bit about it? Uh, I just loved the the, uh, the subtleness to it. I loved it, the fact that John Cena came out in his 2002 gear. I loved the, the fist. I just loved the nuances of the, and the stuff that if you knew, were a massive hardcore fan, you would get. Like, I loved him basically being like a Hulk Hogan and... Uh, there's just so much about it. I loved, I uh, loved the um, the commentators, Macho Man and Vincent Man, the puppets. Um, yeah. I loved the the subtleness of the stuff that he was saying. How I'm gonna basically beat the lot, the rest who's been the biggest something the last six years and gonna right the wrong. The whole Bray Wyatt thing. Um, John Cena yeah. finally going into the anger and that, and when he came out as like as NWO and you had the clips of. Bray Wyatt and the clips of John Cena and you have to like pause it if you want and you've kind of like look oh my god that's that reference and that reference and that reference I just loved it it felt like a mini movie I think I could watch that again and probably take something else that I didn't notice yeah. the first round away from it um it's like when what I got is when Ho- he, he become NWO mm. it was like it was NWO Hogan yes and it was like you're just a glory hunter and he was like no I'm not and that's when he turned Yes. You know, they were like, oh, yeah. you're Hogan, too sweet. You know, because he was doing the whole Eric Bischoff thing, saying, like, I love you guys. And that's the famous thing where Hogan comes out. And mm-hmm. then it was like Cena. And it's like, oh, Cena's yeah. meant to be Hogan. And it was and like, you're the Bay Yeah. Yeah, you're the hill. And he's like, I'm not a hill. And, he, you know, an egomaniac. Um, I liked, I love that reference. I love the thing where he was doing that old, like, um, with the old blue cage. Yes, it was basically like Hulk Hogan when you see him backstage of Mean Gene, with, and then he was literally kept doing it, and then his arm just went as well. And it's like ruthless aggression, and he's like, yeah. But I really liked it when Bray was saying things like, um, you should have listened to him, John. And it was like the crowd were like singing, he's got the whole... And obviously he reverses it into the FU or the AA and then pins him. And yes. it was like, I'm here to write history. The wrong, you know, you, you, you're the problem, John. You're the egomaniac. You know, you're the golden boy. And I thought it was just like, this was brilliant. I fucking yes. love it. It was it, like, man. it was built for a mark. If you was a kid yes. watching that, you'd go, what's going on? Yeah. But for a fan like us, we're going, oh, yeah, the Kurt Angle thing. That's when he first turned up. And yeah, we, we never liked Cena. This is why we didn't like Cena. You know, it was, uh, oh, God. Yeah, I loved it, man. It I'm really brilliant. hoping when Cena comes back, he'll at least be different or at least heelish. Because if, because basically, I think the reason why the thing wouldn't work on Goldberg, which is quite interesting, I was listening to a podcast and I was kind of like, actually, I can see that because Goldberg wasn't really anything to kind of take on or to change. But with Daniel Bryan, he turned face again. That was his true character. The Miz's true character was being this hill. Seth Rollins' true character again was being this John Cena egomaniac, and I think that's why the Fiend works, and that's yeah. why I think the Five House Fire 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 Funhouse works so much because it showed you Cena's ego and and his flaws, mm. and you know because I think if you notice when he did the um, Animal Claw on Cena, it, it said hurt rather than being heel. 
which yeah. is when the, he did it to Daniel Bryan, it said heel, and that became the face again. And when he did it to The Miz and Seth Rollins, it was hurt. And, and I love that nuance to it as well, which is why I'm hoping when Cena comes back that he's going to be at least a bit heelish or at least change his character up to incorporate that of Bray Wyatt. Because even though it might be a year's time, people are going to remember this for years to come, you know. Mm. And it's something that I would show to non-wrestling fans to be like, you have to watch this. This is amazing. You'll love it. Even even though I might recognize any of the references, you enjoy it because of its, the great storytelling and the great... Because I love the fact as well, he became Bray Wyatt again, you know, like the, the cult yeah. leader. And he, and he actually saw John Cena actually do the swing and go mad and punch. And it's you can see the heel and the anger getting yeah. to Bray. And also as well, the clips when he had the uh, One Night Stand 2006, Cena, Money in the Bank, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. I, I want to watch it back again and to stop it at different and the frames and to see, oh my God, it's that, ma- it's that match and that match when he got booed. And it's I just, yeah. I just loved. And also as well, the puppetry was great when you had Vincent Van come in and obviously him say, that's such good shit. Obviously, yeah. right seeing the John Moxley Dean Ambrose interview of um, Jericho and stuff I, I loved that yeah, match I mean like who the hell thought that was going to be in it I, I, I don't know until when I heard that I actually marked out I was like oh my god he said it uh, I well, loved I it went back and played it again yes that one little bit I was watching it all the way through completely engrossed and then that's such good shit I went fuck me who put yes. that I went did <laughs> yes. I just really see that in this this is yeah. like oh it's a bit like WWE saying, yeah, we are listening to the world. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, we, we know what's going on, really. We know Cena, as a character, most of the demographic 18 and above don't like him. And it's like, yeah, we do know this. We yes. do know this. You know, um, that's good shit. Yeah, we listen. To, we know what Moxley's doing still. We know what Jericho's doing. They're not invisible. We still we still keep an eye on the wrestling business. Mm. For me, from a I think for a wrestling fan, like I said earlier, if you're a fan of the business, you love that. If you're just a casual fan, you're probably thinking, That was really clever, but I have no idea what's going on. Yes. Um, but for you and me, it's got so much rewind and play mm. um you know, I could rewatch that. I loved it. I thought it was great. And it was one of those things as well, it I just lost myself completely sh- right at the beginning. At first I was like they're just doing a normal wrestling match, but then it actually went to the Firefly Funhouse set and it went to that. I don't know, I was like, oh, I'm completely immersed in it now. I loved every moment. I just loved also as well the hints to Cena being a fan when he was doing the Sun Arts main event. And I, that was really cool to have yeah. that and the puppetry as well. And he even says, Bray says, it doesn't matter how much talent you got, but if you look the part, the girls want to be with you and the men want to do, you know, be you. Yes. You know, and all that. Oh, look at me, bro. <laughs> you got the body. And it was just like, this is amazing. Like, oh. Uh. Yeah, it doesn't matter what talent you've got. It's all about what you look like. It was just yes. amazing. It was so, so good, man. And and it's and it's definitely revitalised The Fiend because I think The Fiend works in that kind of like scenario. And I think it works with the, who he's wrestling as well because that's why it didn't work with Goldberg because Goldberg doesn't have that flaw or that thing to make him who he... he Goldberg is just who he is. Where everyone else he's wrestled, that's why it works so well. And I feel with this match, and I think everyone's gone, a match was amazing. It's rebuilt the fiend again made him really cool and i think now yeah. that everyone's seen how popular that um match in quotation marks was that i feel like now he's going to go into bigger and better things hopefully yeah i think with the fiend he's a character he doesn't really need to have a championship and i think giving him a championship yeah. only make him feel well he's gonna have to lose at some point yeah um you, you don't have to watch the match think oh is he going to win the title it's like that doesn't matter i just want to see what he does next 
Yeah, me too. Definitely, man. Because I felt uh, for a while, The Fiend was like, oh, it's just The Fiend again. But now I'm like, I want to see what he does next. Yeah. And as well, what I love about The Fiend as well, it's one of those things where you, it's so different. It's not just the same old same, which is why I thought this in the Boneyard match worked so well, because it was different and it was unique. Where I feel like if they do this too much, which is why I'm hoping to do at least maybe at the most, if they have to, a uh, push. Do it they... once a year, but then give it a lot of a gap, because otherwise it's going to lose its luster. And I feel like if they I did it once... Like, I think because of this COVID-19, I think that's the only reason the Boneyard yeah. match and the Edge and Randy Orton match happened like it did and obviously the match we're talking about now Bray Wyatt and Cena I think that's probably the only positive thing that's come out of COVID-19 um, being that wrestling had to be put on attendance hold and I think if, if you had the if you've got an arena you're not going to put a match on where you watch it on the screen are you? the crowd right. would absolutely bollocks said so we came here to watch Cena wrestle yeah. we want to watch in the ring we don't want to pay all this money and then have to go like that and just watch some given what they had and the amount of time they had to do it i think this was the best thing that come out of it oh yeah i completely agree with you i thought it was amazing i loved yeah, it loved it it was my favorite thing out of wrestlemania i thought what a way to end it you know well not end it but obviously the championship yeah. man. I, I, I feel for me that actually i know in a sense i couldn't end it because in a sense the hill won but I felt like it should have been the end. It should have ended the night like the um, Boneyard match did. I think, in my opinion. Well, put it this way: What do you remember more, the Cena match with Bray, or do you remember the World Championship match? Because I don't. Uh, Cena match with Bray, just yeah. because of how unique it was, and I felt the next match we're talking about in a minute. I felt like that should have main evented. It should have been, mm. you know, the Five Five Fan House. But you know, it was nice to see. I know we're moving on to it, so. But, um, yeah, to take away that match was fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Watch it. Five stars as well. Definitely, guys, watch it. It was, it was amazing. Oh, that's another thing. Do you remember the big fist when um, they done the Ruthless Aggression era part of the Bray Wyatt yes, story? Yes, I loved that. I marked out. I loved that. I loved that set. It was so cool. Well, I think that's the only thing you really remember. It's like everyone calls it the big fist smackdown, don't they? So, um, yes. You know, I think that was quite cool. Okay, so I suppose that puts us now onto the main event of WrestleMania 36. Yep, which was for the WWE Championship between Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Um, a quick and short match. Which yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> uh, at this point, I wanted to go to bed. I was like, literally, this was about 20 past three in the morning. I was like, please end now. I want to go to bed so badly. And I was so glad it. It's got. I just finished. I come off the scene of match and. I had to pause it because Sam wanted to do something. I think we had to desperately pop out and get some something from the shop. Mm-hmm. And I got back and I was like, oh, I've still got one more match to watch. I generally could not be bothered with this McIntyre and um, Brock Lesnar match. It was okay. Um, you still had Lesnar dominating most of the match. And it was just a match for the signatures and finishers. It's a basically, it's a bit like playing SmackDown WWE sort of 2K with all your finishers set at five at like the beginning yeah. of the match. It's I, one of them. I, I did like the fact they um, gave Drew a lot, though. The fact that he kicked out of an F5 at one. They made, they made him look like a big star. And also, as well, the first British WWE World Heavyweight Champion as well. Yeah, I mean, we've got to take that away from it. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it was all right. It, it was kind of expected. The only thing I thought, um, Paul Heyman, when Lesnar lost, 
Paul Heyman wasn't very kind of like, oh my God, no, like when Roman beat him, you know, there wasn't that kind of, there wasn't that crowd for Paul Heyman to work with. Um, I kind of found that a little bit of a, like when, when he actually got the victory and Heyman's just staring, I was like, well, come on, like, give us a bit more. Yeah. You know, um, it was, it kind of, I kind of feel a bit like Brock Lesnar didn't even want to be there. I don't think he wanted to be there. I no, think he was kissing the money was good for him, but he does like Drew McIntyre a lot though. Yeah, they do get like, on. They do get on. Cause there was a moment on raw when McIntyre came out and attacked him and gave him a claymore. And you can see Brock going like, grab the title, grab the title. And you can, and he's like, thanks Brock. And then lifting it up. Yeah. Yeah. I saw yeah. that. You actually, you can hear him call the visual, uh, call the yeah. audio kind of. Yeah. It's actually quite fun. Get the title. Yeah, because cause the funny thing about Brock, though, you can kind of tell that he loves the business and he likes the guys he works with because he wants them to be bigger because, obviously, he knows he's only got some amount of time left. And mm. But also, as well, it's quite nice to finally have, in a sense, a, a face win, like someone who actually the fans like actually yeah. go and win the championship as well. Yeah. After the last several months, you know, kind of thing. I'm a bit sorry for him, though, because, obviously... I feel sorry for any of the guys, to be fair. It just doesn't mean whoever won the title. But it's quite a big thing for um, Drew to be the world champion. You know, yeah, him, he got fired. He come back. He went through NXT and he become the champion. And the crowd loved him, got to Raw. And he was kind of in this mid-card vortex with Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley for ages. And he broke out of that and become the champion of you know, the WWE. Yeah. And when he finally, finally gets there, it's in an empty arena. And I know the world is in the state it is, but you kind of feel a bit like he deserved to have that pop. Yeah, massively, yeah. I think that and the kiss, I think, were the two things should have had the big pop. Yeah. But it's one of those things where I I think Vince and Dana White wouldn't want to stop it and would want to carry it on. And I I don't think they would have delayed it. I've, you know, I've, I think in a perfect world they would have delayed it, put it on where SummerSlam would have been, incorporate Summer, maybe call it like Wrestle Slam or something, incorporate both the names, be like this is gonna be a special one-time only WrestleMania. Of course, the SummerSlam is gonna be called Wrestle Slam. Have it in a big stadium. Uh, they will uh, have the other stuff happening, and then yeah, but because they want to make sure it's WrestleMania, they don't know what's gonna happen then. It was. I like the fact it was unique, but I wish it, I wish it was on in front of a crowd. But I feel if it if it was in front of a crowd, we wouldn't have had the great Fire Five Funhouse. We wouldn't have had the great um, Boneyard match. But I feel, in a sense, you kind of forgot about there not being a crowd when we, as you said before, watching Night Two. You know. Yeah, Night Two. Night Two was a better night. I think. Yeah. Um, the quality of the show was better. Um, I mean, I mean, how, how do you find it in a sense being two nights though? Bearable. I think WrestleMania is a bit too long. Um, yeah, WrestleMania is long, in my opinion, honestly. Yeah, I mean, all the big four now are getting long, even the Royal Rumble, because they've got two 30, 30 participant rumbles now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that just takes away from, you know, as much as I love women's wrestling, and I've, I've made that obvious tonight because I've already said two of the best matches out of the show were women's title matches. Um, I think you, when you have one Royal Rumble and then there's like a singles match, then you've got another Royal Rumble, the, the crowd have already seen one, and Royal Rumbles can get boring to watch when nothing's really happening in the middle. Yeah. And when you've got two of those, and WrestleMania suffers the same fate because everyone wants to be on the show and they try and get as much on and it ends up being a four and a half, five hour show. That's a long bloody time. Oh, it even is, completely. If, even if you live in America and it starts at what, three in the afternoon, two in the afternoon, and it goes on to about eight at night, that's still a lot of wrestling. But for the UK fans, it's like, well, what ends up happening for me 
if I don't book the Monday off, I'll try and stay up and watch it. But then I have to like on purposely throw my sleep pattern around so I can try and stay awake. Or yeah. I'll go to work on Monday, get home at five o'clock and then watch it to about 10, 11. And it's just too much. So I think having it in two nights, they've got two championships, they can do it. Yeah. And I think as well, as you said, the shorter length helped it so much more. I mean, the fact mm. as well, it was it was a nice length. People were happy. That's one of the main complaints WrestleMania always has is the length. Fact is seven hours. People were like, oh my god, just end. But I think in fact it was only three hours. Second night was three and a half hours. It was it flowed a lot more. I think as well. Yeah. The problem you're going to have though, when it comes down to like doing this next year, if they decide to have night one and night two, obviously New Japan are like that, like so tight with Tokyo Dome. It's their home place. Mm-hmm. The rent on it's probably tiny compared to what WWE would have to pay for, like, the MetLife Stadium, for argument's sake. So if they had to do that for two nights, that's like hosting it twice. From yeah. a business point of view, that's going to be so expensive. But I also think as well for them, that depending on what what the gate is, they would get a load of money as well. Like, mm. I mean, over two nights, rather than getting for one night, maybe 10 million, over two nights, I might get, like, 15 to 18 million, for example, or something, oh, the people they have. What you're saying, then, is... Okay, so you want to go to WrestleMania. Here's a ticket for night one. Here's a ticket for night two. So yeah. they pay one entry gate. And if you want to see the next one, pay another entry gate. Yeah, but so they're not the Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 it might be cheaper if you do both nights. Like you might, yeah, like rather, than paying, rather than paying £200 both nights, you can only pay £300 and then get both nights or something. Or maybe 250 to get both nights if you do that sort of promotion or something. Because I reckon it could work. I mean, people fly across the world. It's easier as well than Japan because to America, it's about half as much. When I went to New York, it was £500 alone for a tr- uh, plane ticket. But to Japan, to Tokyo, it's about two to three times as much. About oh. It's about a grand and a bit to go to Tokyo if you fly. Jesus you know mm. oh okay but. yeah that could work yeah maybe have it as two nights and also bit. as well with wrestlemania you have all the other stuff that you can happily fill out depending on where you are stuff around you you've got all the different wrestling events you've got sightseeing you've got different things like new york was a perfect place to go because you have yeah. new york la next year they're gonna be doing florida again i think for 38 because obviously what happened this year so when i do it back at that stadium and right. stuff because you've got Flor- Tampa, Florida. I'm not really sure what they have in Tampa, Florida, but LA alone, you've got Hollywood. You've got so yeah. much you can look at and, and everything. Because that's the thing. That's why a lot of places like to get WrestleMania and the Super Bowl and stuff, because it makes the town and the city so much money. Yeah, so much. Yeah. 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 I mean, if WrestleMania comes to England, London would make a shit ton of money. Oh, yeah, completely. And you also got the different events. Red Pro would make a load of money. Progress would make a load of, mo- a load of money. They'll bring GCW over. They'll have WrestleCon. They'll make it into like a big thing like they do with all the other WrestleManias. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I reckon they could do it. Yeah, I, I, I reckon they would do it. I reckon they'll get enough people in. Or maybe as well when they do one uh, both nights, incorporate a bit of the Hall of Fame and a bit of the NXT TakeOver into it as well potentially do that as well yeah 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 you could have nxt there oh, yeah. it must be a financial headache though for these guys like it must be oh yeah completely man yeah yeah but hey, hey. i mean but they get their money because they get the tv rights for raw and, uh, and smackdown and you know i mean they get a couple billion from fox over four or five years and they get enough money that they'll be able to be all right and pay the wrestlers okay especially in times like this this is obviously very difficult times and as fans, we appreciate it, what they're doing. 
Yeah, definitely, man. I, I I appreciate a lot what they're doing. And it's only as well the only sport in the world that's actually happening still. That's off to him, man. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, dude. So it's it's quite cool actually that me and you have pretty much our top matches. I would I would put the Boneyard match over the Five the Firefly Fun House, but I love them both pretty much the same though. Okay. See, I would go the other way. I found the Firefly Funhouse was more intriguing because it was quicker and it was like, now we're here, now we're here, now we're doing this, now we're doing that. And it all goes, woo, at the end, and it all just gives you a, a final. I think with the Boneyard match, it, you could, I liked it, don't be wrong, but it was obviously one long, drawn-out fight. Yeah. It was very good. It was very, very good. But for me, I just found the, the Way Bright thing way bright thing just it really took me in i really enjoyed it so for me my favorite thing was the bray white and cena mm-hmm. and yeah. then and then yeah. then it goes rhea ripley charlotte flair and the five way uh smackdown women's match Sasha banks and stuff yeah then that, that's my them, order yeah my one goes to bray white and then the girls the, the women's matches are on par um i can't really find a better one i liked them both for different things but out of the whole um actual wrestling cards them two matches were at both the top nice i mean yeah. how would you find that in a sense wrestlemania before we head off like compared to other ones because obviously it's completely different because it's in front of no fans but where would you see that i would see it in maybe the mid range for me uh bigger matches like a mid ranger but i don't see it as i don't see it as like a 17 like 17 i think is the best out of all of them and like the pinnacle but i feel like for me it's in the middle for me you're this is going to be like a mania that's going to go down in history so like it's going to have that we was there kind of thing we was there you know with our kids and they say oh we like wrestling say well do you know about wrestlemania 36 whatever and they go oh is that one when that one was there so you moves through that it's going to have a historic value to it which is sweet um i think night two blew night one out the water um I would say it's going to be the lower mid for me because I loved WrestleMania. And one thing I love about WrestleMania is the big lights and the glam. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd agree with you. Kind of like it's in the middle somewhere. It's not the worst one by miles, but I did miss the crowd. But I appreciate them doing it. So, yeah. Yeah, I really, I'm, I'm really, I agree with you there. It's a difficult one. But I, I enjoyed the show. I, I enjoyed Night 2. I didn't really enjoy Night 1. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel for me, Night 1 uh, definitely peaked with the Boneyard match, and I feel like everything else is a bit boring. I enjoyed the Seth Rollins match, but I feel the same for you. Night 2, for me, was overall the better night. I enjoyed it more. I felt it flowed a lot more, and I enjoyed the matches more as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Awesome. So, yeah, Richie, we're going to be heading off, my man. Um where can people follow you or, and all that sort of stuff so the peeps can interact with you and all that kind of bollocks? Yeah, uh, same as always, Richard Filmer one uh, That's on Twitter. That's the only social media platform I use for my um, wrestling stuff. So if you want to find anything that me and Mark talk about or any links to the stuff we're discussing, you'll find it on there at richardfilmer.one. And also uh, as well, um, Richie puts up some stuff on our Facebook page and Twitter as well. So Yeah, yeah, keep your eye on the Facebook. Yeah. 
it's yeah, like, yeah. like our predictions and stuff and we mentioned things about AEW and that kind of thing to let you guys know and uh things as well like i do for every year the wrestlemania song oh every year i always put it on yeah on my facebook because it's i love that song it's a classic and it's like it's wrestlemania you know that was actually produced by simon cow yeah i know it was mad isn't it crazy it is isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah such a good song and then that became the uh, 10 11 12 13 and 14 song i know i love that and it's also Lindsay mcmahon's music yes reason so yeah i know crazy crazy man crazy that was no wrestling guys we've been amazing hosts as always mark sylvester and richie filmer thank you and uh i'm gonna do it to you now mark and always remember it's wrestlemania damn straight it is peace peace